Friday, December the 17th, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We will get you into NFL Week 15. We're going to talk some Friday Gulfstream, some Friday Oaklawn, some Friday Remington, Saturday Gulfstream, Saturday Oaklawn, and wrestling with Chad Cooper. We'll bounce all around with some NFL, some horse racing, and what's going on this week in wrestling. On this episode of That's What G Said, that is presented by Better Than Dot Vegas. Give them a follow on Twitter at BTV Bets. The website Better Than Dot Vegas will help all of you out there become a better better by providing free content, free information, free live streams from handicappers and gamblers all over the world that share their insight and uh, all of the conclusions that they have come to as they put their work in. BTV, everything free over there. At BTV. A couple things uh, in the news to keep an eye on. As of Wednesday morning, 60 NBA players had entered the COVID protocols, 42 over the past two weeks, 13 more on Tuesday. This was, these numbers are probably outdated too. Uh, We've already seen postponements in the NBA, and it's feeling like, uh, unfortunately, how we were kind of feeling in March of 2020, right before the NBA was shut down. I would not be surprised to see. Um, any of these sports leagues kind of realizing that maybe they need to figure something out, some sort of a postponement. I don't know. Um, just a little scary. As uh, two Bulls games have already been postponed, the Lakers are going to be without five or six of their players. And this isn't like football with, with basketball, right? You miss three or four players on a roster of 12 or 13 and you're in trouble. College bowl games start on Friday. 44 bowl games, I believe. Or I think 43 maybe remaining. Whatever it is. They all start on Friday. So uh, good luck to anyone out there who's getting involved in some of the bowl mania stuff. All of those. I didn't really, I didn't do one this year. My focus was just a lot more on call, or, uh, on NFL. So good luck to you uh, out there. But we will, you know, we have Chad on who talks some college football. And we'll uh, we'll have some analysis for some of the games and before the, the college football playoff. The... NCAA football early signing period was on Tuesday, uh, or I guess it was on Wednesday, just a couple days ago earlier this week. So keep an eye on uh, how your teams are doing and what players they're locking in for the future. And shout out to uh, USC, the men's basketball team. They stayed undefeated. They got a win over UC Irvine, and uh, they had a, it wasn't a great victory. They were down, and they didn't play very well, but they came back, got the job done, 11-0, ranked in the top 10. Up next, they've got uh, Georgia Tech, Oklahoma State, and then Arizona and Arizona State. So, fight on Trojans. Hope they continue to play well. One of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full-service realtor, Cindy Carava. And as a full-service realtor, she can help you out with buying, with selling, with leasing. She can help connect you with the right kind of vendors that will help you for home improvement. Gardeners, landscapers, painters, all sorts of people that she's had experience with in her own home. If you need help with a, a loan, she can connect you with the right kind of lender that'll help get you pre-approved for that home loan. And Cindy Karama is one of the kindest, most genuine people you will ever meet. She's going to be straight with you, but she's you know she's not going to uh, put you in a bad position. She's going to take care of you. She's going to be honest with you. Cindy Karava, she'll check a lot of those boxes and make your life a lot easier. CindyCarava.com, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. Let's get into NFL Week 15 with 
Eric game by game previews on a, a week that's really difficult, honestly, with all the COVID stuff going on. So we previewed all the games for you, but I would recommend to come and join us on Saturday, 3.30 Eastern Time on on Twitter, and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll go through the two Saturday games, we'll go through the Sunday games, and we'll have all of the up-to-date information at that point. Right now, we give you all of the information that we have at the moment with Eric. Getting ready for NFL Week 15, and it is... <laughs> The, the frustration of all of us trying to figure out who which, who's playing for which team, who's in and who's out. I've been dealing with some of that for the last few minutes, too, with uh, some technical difficulties trying to get this thing up and running. Eric uh, joins me again, as he has each and every week. I mean, Eric, this has got to be the most difficult, probably the most difficult of the segments that we're going to have to do this year, uh, I think, because of everything going on over the last few days. You and I record this on Thursday, like 70 Players over the last couple days have been in um, in the COVID protocols. I mean, as we're recording, more and more players keep testing positive, and so it's this will probably be one of my lighter weeks gambling wise, especially you, locking stuff in. You know? Yeah, I mean, like for me, usually at this time, I have a lot of positions going on, and at least five to six positions going on for Sunday. I have one so far. You know, it's just there's nothing you can do because there's yep. so much stuff up in the air and, you know, stuff can you know, like change in the heartbeat. And I mean, Browns are down to what Nick Mullins down their third string quarterback. We said so, this um, when we did our uh, preview on Instagram live last week also that it just this was a week where with the spreads, the way that they looked early and then with all, with all the news and everything coming out, you were just going to want to probably tread a little bit lighter. And that's what we're going to have to do this week. So. You know, if we don't, the one thing I will say, it's Thursday. Make sure you join us on Saturday at three thirty Eastern Time. We're gonna do a, a fourth and inches preview of the two Saturday games. Remember, there are two Saturday games this week, and then Sunday we'll have our normal fourth and inches on Sunday morning at eleven a.m. Eastern Time. And so, what we'll do those days, Eric, right before the game, at least we'll have all of the information there. At, at least, yeah, at we'll those, know. At those points, right? At that time, we'll have an idea who's there, who's playing the whole nine yards, which is which is nice, you know. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of tough. And like, I will say this: like for those that are the fantasy football playoffs, like you and I, you and I are playing against each other. Against and each other. <laughs> I mean, I actually I started Daryl Williams tonight just because I didn't want to be in a position to be like waiting you know on. I mean? Yeah, waiting. if you're waiting on somebody on the lot on Sunday night or Monday, and then they get. Yeah, out and you have no other options. Yeah, it, you, you're just screwed. I mean, I picked up Malcolm Brown, who's this technically still still on the IR for yeah. um, still on the IR. So I mean, it's just it's just a tough. It's week. a hard it, week. Yeah, you know, it it is what it is. Everyone's and, going through it. You can't really complain. And know? that's so. what's nice is that like we're not. Uh, you know, when I used to work at TBG in places, it's like one of the one of the the things that stink about like working for a big place like that is that like. You can't ever say this game stinks Or I don't want to bet this race You know or something like that Whereas like we can tell you Hey don't bet this game Or pass on this one or don't you know And this is a week where I will tell you Like just tread very lightly You know I know we all want action We all want to have action and stuff like that And you know put in a couple DFS lineups On Sunday when you know what everybody Where everybody sits but just be careful This week Um, And it's just I'm nervous knock on wood Eric 
I'm getting that feeling, that anxious feeling in my stomach that I was getting right before the Rudy Gobert stuff last year. You know, it's kind of, it's feeling a little bit that way with with the, with the amount of things that we're seeing in the NBA, in college basketball, and now in football, all over the place, and then all across the world, the the spikes are back up. So it's just knock on wood, fingers crossed. We're big sports guys, and and this is how many people make their living. I mean, we hope, you know. I, I mean. If it does get to that point, which I'll be honest, money makes the world go round, and these are businesses at the end of the day, and I just don't think they'll do that. Um, I Football, I don't this. think will. I, I could see basketball. I, I could I, see basketball I, doing postponing some games or like. Yeah, they basketball see- I could do something. I will say this though: I always felt like with every like um, league, I always felt like the NFL was always ahead of the curve. Out totally. of all of them, I, I always felt like they were the ones, like, I guess my, my buddy Brad texted me today, said he guess he, they changed their, um, protocols, their protocol system. And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they were, I mean, MLB limped. I mean, MLB was the most disorganized. By NBA far. kind of, but I always, See, the difference with NBA was, was nice is they, when they were in the bubble, they were fine. Yeah. Cause once they were in their bubble and then they knew, there were no, there were no more positive tests because everybody was in the. They were, it was all the same people over and over dealing with them, you know. So that that was fine, but you knew that when you were out in the real world, it was going to be hard. And now it's flu season, and it gets to the holidays, and so. Uh, yeah, you're seeing more. You're going out with more friends and family. So yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, Just pay yeah. attention, folks. Really pay attention before any of these games that you play. Who's and in? Who's out? Easy. Yeah. Just just go to Twitter. Set up your alerts from. Um, from Chef their teams, and, yeah, for yeah. Shefty and Rappaport, and you're and you're pretty pretty solid with yeah. them. Yeah, you're good to go, and you know, just just go from there. So, but yeah, it's you got to tread lately. You got to be careful. You know, only really lock something in if you're, you know, pretty sure about it. So, yeah. So we may, I mean, so there be there be some of these games where we may not have a whole lot to say, and we'd we'd rather not. Honestly, on some of these games, if there's not like a we don't know some of the players, I'd rather just say, hey, let's talk a little bit about it, and then. Come hang out with us on Sunday and we'll we'll let you know more Like this first game Raiders-Browns When we talked on Sunday the Browns were a Five and a half point favor and then they moved to Six and a half <laughs> and, and now the Raiders are a three and a half Point favorite on the road They're actually four and a half when I, when I looked right, I'm looking right now They're four and a half point favorite And the total is 37 We know that there's no Baker There's no Keenum This is going to be Nick Mullins I actually saw a funny uh, a funny post a few minutes ago from uh, from Field Yates, who does a really good job with the uh, ESPN fantasy stuff. He's a he's a really uh, really good fantasy analyst. But he said this is a stat that like a lot of people would never have thought of. Nick Mullins has 16 career starts to his name. In those 16 games, he's thrown for 4,405 yards, which is the second most by any quarterback in their first 16 starts in NFL history, only behind Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's, That's pretty actually crazy. Kind of funny. That's, That's pretty actually nuts. kind of funny. That is nuts for, for Mullins. As, uh, he's he's going to be the guy likely taking the, uh, the snaps this week for the Browns. And it's like, this is what kind of stinks, you know, like for the Browns. I mean, they need this is huge for them. They won that game last week. They're right back in the in the mix for winning a division. And now you're gonna have to play I mean, arguably, arguably the biggest game of your season. You got a game coming up with the Packers, and then you've got two more divisional games. 
And now you're going to have to go out there this week and just try to patch it together the best that you can. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks. You know, they're up is, over 20, it, 20 players yeah. that they have. Uh, I've, I've seen. So, I mean, how can you like, how can you play this game, Eric? I mean, I will say this. I kind of feel like it's at the point now where it, you kind of said it. When you look at Mullins, it's not like you're rolling out a nobody in a nobody. This guy's had success. He's won games. You still have Chubb, which is freaking huge because the Raiders can't stop the run. And more importantly, I wa- like I was going to ask you this. I rewatched that game against the Chiefs last week. That defense for the Raiders quit. They're terrible. Zero. Well, it no fight. Even, it wasn't even I'll, that bad I'll, that they I'll, didn't I'll, try. The effort wasn't exactly. There. They had zero. That, that's my point. They had zero effort. There was no effort whatsoever. What whatsoever. And that stuff is lingering because there's going to be some games we'll talk about later on where how you close a game can carry on to the next week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, them laying this big of a number when they've just been limping through the season. I mean, if this gets up to like six, I'll probably be on the Browns. Just I'm because, gonna, I'm, I know I'm going to be on the know? Browns. Like at over the field goal is where I started thinking about the Browns at once they were at, at plus three and a half. Yeah, because I mean, like at the end of the day, the they're you still have Chubb, you know, you just have to ground and pound with Chubb. They're, I know you're missing a home. lot of offensive line. Yeah. You know, and they're home team going to play outdoors. I mean, you get I'll this whole us against too. the world, you know what I mean? And now with what with, with Baker was came out and kind of called out the NFL for some of their changes in protocol stuff. And so then some of the other Browns players are like, yeah, Baker, screw that. Let's do this. You know, maybe they get this rallying, you know, like this. Yeah. Hey, we feel like we're we're getting screwed. They're taking th- you know, we're not getting treated fairly. I definitely ain't laying the points with the Raiders. No doubt about that. I can promise you. I can promise you that one. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's just hard to like gauge what we saw from last week, right? Because you know this isn't this isn't the group of Browns players. So I'm I'm not going to get into what we saw in the game last week because it's a lot different. The one point that you've been hitting on though, they. They struggled last week running the ball, and this just—I wanted to mention it because you kept talking about how without Conklin, they're they're just not the same type of team running the ball, and you did see that last week. Now the Ravens are a pretty good run defense, so we do have to say that they're actually probably one of the better run defenses. So, but just something to keep an eye on. Again, it really won't be that relevant this week because the Browns are at the point right now where they're just they're just trying to field a team, <laughs> you know. You know? <laughs> I'm looking at the weather right now, 4,200% chance of rain, winds at 17 miles an hour. Oh, that's perfect. A, that's a perfect weather for Cleveland. That's for perfect Browns, for the what Browns. they're trying to do. Don't even, and, we, and we need to remember, like, this Raiders offensive line isn't that good. And Garrett and, um, um, oh, my God, who's the other guy? Clowney. Clowney is st- still there. So, I yeah. mean, that's a lot of points. I mean, that is. This just gets a little crazy. You know, I'm a, I'll, I'll be on the Browns, but for right now, this is just a – you know, just wait and see for me. I feel like all that turmoil with the Raiders is starting to catch up with them too. <laughs> they fumbled the ball on their first offensive play last week, and they were down seven to nothing, fifteen seconds into the game. And and then uh, so the Chiefs, the the Raiders went three and out, and then the Chiefs got the ball and they went three and out. the The Chiefs scored on their next seven possessions when they yeah. got the ball. Like you said, they just quit. Zero effort. You the know, and like. Yeah, I'll say this, like, you know, and we'll talk about the Texans later for that coaching staff gets those guys and they suck. These guys should not be in the NFL or they're 
um, guys at the end of their career trying to hang on. And that, that, that coaching staff gets them to try every single play. So does Campbell for the Lions. Yep. This Raiders staff, what I saw last week, that's tough to be laying four and a half points. On the road. Degrees, cross country. On the road. In the rain. You know what I mean? I just, you know, if you if you do it, you know, props to you and it hits, but that that's something I will not be doing. You mentioned the line. Three linemen gave up 20 pressures, including two sacks. They've got some holes there big time. They had a fumble return for a touchdown, an interception, and another fumble all in the first half, at which point they were down 35 to nothing. Then two more fumbles in the second half. They had five turnovers and four lost fumbles last week. They're just not playing very good football. Let's move along. Patriots, Colts. This one surprised me, Eric. I thought this game was going to move the other way. I'm actually pretty shocked that the Colts were taking this much money because when you and I spoke on Sunday, this game was like a pick em, right? Uh, it was Colts minus one. It was Colts minus one. So now it's, I guess it's not that much. It's up to just Colts like minus two sort of in that range. I thought it was going to go the other way. I thought a lot of people would jump on the Patriots here and uh, and and the Patriots would end up you know being favored by a couple. Colts two, two and a half in some spots. So um, we have a both of these two teams coming off of a bye. And I, I, I like the Colts better, honestly, just kind of as a team. I think they're a better team. I really do now. I think that Belichick's probably a better coach and that, you know, we have, we have Carson Wentz on the Colts where you just never know what you're going to get with Carson Wentz. Like at least with Mac Jones, you sort of, he's not flashy, but you sort of know what you're going to get with him. Carson can, can give you, you know, MVP Carson, and then uh, just the worst throw in the world all, all within a quarter. What do you think in this game? Pat's Colts. This is the one game I locked in. I locked in the Colts minus two. Um, This is the highest value that we're going to have the Patriots all year. Um, they're coming off that sloppy game. Um, what is it? Six games in a row now. Um, I, I'm just not a Mac Jones guy. No, and um, their two games, the the Titans and the Falcons games, were both games that they didn't play that well. They were flat. The teams on the opposite side were just gifting them the ball mm-hmm. and turnovers and points and field position over and over and over. Yeah, and um, – you know, you have an outdoor team coming to play indoors. Patriots do struggle with fast teams. The Colts are a fast team playing indoors. And I really feel like the Patriots defense is good on the outside, but not really good on the inside. And you can really pound the ball up the middle with them. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to eat. I mean, I know that like everyone says, Belichick takes away your best weapon, but I just don't think this Patriots defense is that good stopping the run. And is susceptible to being run on up the middle. So I think they're going to be able to ground it with Taylor and just pound it. And this this Colts defense is a, one of the better defenses that, that the Patriots have been playing. So, yeah, I, I lay the points here. Yeah, I'm definitely on the, the Colts side here, too. I mean, that's the thing. If, if they do try to stop Taylor, the Colts have weapons. It's not as yeah. if they can't get Pittman the ball or they can't throw the ball and move it around. Like, they, they can absolutely do that. So, yeah, I, I don't – I think this is a game where – I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Colts win this game kind of easily. And I'm sure Bill Belichick's laughing at me right now and going to make me look stupid afterwards. But yeah, I think the Colts play really well here. I would also lean Colts. Let's get to Sunday. So those are your two Saturday games. These these are always the 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 week where you know families start start uh, fighting a lot, Eric, because you've got Thursday night football, you've got Saturday football, you've got Sunday football, you've got Monday football. <laughs> it's just, there's another just, day of football. And- what? 
And we got bowl games. Too. The bowls all start on Friday. <laughs> like, and the bowls like, all start on Friday. <laughs> so you're getting them like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's like there's more games. It's like oh, your your girlfriend's wives oh, think that you're lying. Oh, God. They're like, what are you talking about? There's there's not another game. Yeah, look, babe, I'm telling you, it's on TV. Look at the guy. It's on. You know, it's as we have. But I mean, like, at least like the, with the situation I'm in, she knows what the money maker is, so she's like pretty cool with it. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yeah. So. Most people, when you're at that point, they know who you are. Well, you know, they know yeah, who they uh, I mean, who they. <laughs> but so we like, get to... you know, she she gets it. She understands. It's I like. I'm lucky. Like she isn't flipped out yet. So. <laughs> Let's get to Sunday. We got the Cardinals and your Lions. So tell us some of the Lions' status because last week they were just decimated, just decimated by COVID. I, and you know what? They were they were down seventeen to ten and a half. They were still in that game. They were still battling, and they just couldn't move the ball in the second half. It just like just like all caught up to him. Actually, they fumbled the ball on the first drive of the second half, and then Denver scored an easy touchdown, and that. That flipped instead of 17 to 10 Now you're down 24 to 10 And you're already you know depleted And so that just mentally you're like Checked out at that point Yeah I mean they They battle I mean like I'll give them I'll give Campbell for credit I don't know what the hell he says to those guys But he gets them to battle Like no other and I love it Um I really have no idea I mean I've heard Reports that Swift is shut down He's looking to come back we don't know if Williams is coming off the COVID yet, list yet. They did shut down um, EJ Hawkinson. He's done for the year. Um, so I really, like, Saturday is the big day with the COVID stuff. Like, it, they needed test positive, test negative, excuse me, on Saturday to get off of it. Um, you know, if that's the case, I'll probably be unloading on the Lions just because I really feel like it's a good matchup. The Cardinals struggle to stop the run. And more importantly, like, Stuff always comes back to the norm. Cardinals are 7-0 and against the spread on the road. This is a huge-ass number. They have the Colts on deck. Um, they're coming off a big emotional game. And I just feel like if the Lions team has somewhat, you know, like healthy back together, I'll be eyeing them. But I just don't know. Connor got hurt at the end of the game. He's their goal line back. We don't know if he's coming back. And they shut down D-Hop. This Cardinals team is a little more banged up too. So I kind of feel like if they do get a lead, they'll kind of limp to the finish and try to keep everyone healthy. So I have to wait. I have to see who's healthy for the Lions. But at the number it's currently sitting at, if everyone is healthy, I'll be on the Lions. Completely agree. I'm going to wait a little, but I'll likely be on the Lions side here. This is a sleepy spot for Arizona. I mean, they come off of the big national primetime game on Monday. Now you're on a short week. That was a divisional game against the Rams. You still got some big games left on your schedule that you know – you you got to seal the deal in some of them And you want to still try to get the number one seed You're just not worried about beating the Lions by 20 And that's really what it comes down to right? If this game, this is 13 you, you always look at it like the back door Okay, So yeah. you think they'd be up 17 or 19 or 20 And then you get a, a garbage time touchdown from the Lions to cover Well yeah absolutely And if you're in that situation I think you take it But I think you wait uh, a little bit more just to find out Because it's hard to lock some of these in right now With, uh, with all the like you said if if Hawkinson and Swift and Williams are all not out there, I mean, then it starts getting like for the Lions. Like, I mean, come on, it's hard. It's who do they have? Are we talking Amon Ra, St. Brown? You know what I mean? Like, we're just down to yeah. rent like a few. 
you need you need some guys like Hawkinson out there, and unfortunately, he's not. He's done for the year. He's so done I mean, for the year. So they'll need Swift or Williams. Like yeah, that's, like some, that's what I gotta see. But yeah, you know, you just like this is another game. Like if this was like three weeks ago, boom, they're already locked in. Like mm-hmm. it's set it, forget it. But absolutely, with the uncertainty, you just gotta sit back. Got to sit back and wait. We move along to Panthers Bills. The Bills are a ten and a half point favorite at home in this one. So, uh, <laughs> you, hey, uh, Eric, you and I uh, are a little bit surprised. I guess the offensive coordinator wasn't the problem for the Panthers, huh? <laughs> it was like, come on, man, really? That guy gets waxed. It's like you got the worst offensive line in the world. You, the the quarterbacks that you chose can't throw the ball. Any of them now. It's funny, Sam Darnold is like probably puffing his chest out right now. He's probably feeling really good about what's happened the last few weeks. And like, I didn't look that bad. I didn't look that bad, you know? Um, I mean, I there's don't... rumors he's coming back. Yeah, there's he's... legitimately rumors that he's coming back. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Like, I always, in a cold weather game, I always lean for the team with the better rushing attack. With that being said, that's the Panthers and the Bills can't stop the run. And this is a high number, and Josh Allen was in a walking boot, and the number's not really moving that much. I mean, I really, I really want to be on the Panthers here, man. But I, I, I they've just looked so bad. Their offense isn't clicking. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just can't pull the trigger right now. Like, I, I, I want to I pull li- the trigger, but I just can't pull the trigger. You yeah, know what I mean? I, like, I liked what I saw from the Bills in the Tampa game in just that. Oh, hey. You you remember that Josh Allen can run. Yeah. Where was this against the Patriots two weeks ago? You know, if if you would have just called three of those plays, you guys would have won that game. Um, but it goes back to what I said about the um um I'm spacing what we were talking about or the Raiders. They didn't quit. They battled, they fought their asses off. They yep, were in and a they position to win the game. Absolutely. And they got it to overtime. And there's a thing I've noticed like that carries over. Like it happened mm-hmm. to the Cowboys. Cowboys were getting railroaded by the um, uh, Broncos. Fought, got 15 points, and that carried over to next week. So the, a lot of stuff like games can be won the week before, at least set the groundwork. So that's another reason why I'm a little hesitant to put this because the Bills, the Bills took a shot and they kept fighting. So um, yeah, this is unfortunately just another stay away as the Chargers fumble on the goal line. So. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. I uh, yeah, probably like not a game. I'm gonna get lot. I'm gonna get into with this big spread. If I was, it would probably be on the Panthers side. Um, like we said, keep an eye on who's gonna be starting for them. Sam is now available to return from IR. And they were bouncing back and forth between Cam and PJ last week. Neither of them looked great. Both of them threw an interception. They had 33, or they uh, they had three offensive linemen allow multiple pressures in the game. Only one. Uh, linemen did not allow any pressures They're just a bad, bad O-line So not a whole lot uh, to discuss on this one As we move to Texans, Jags And man, if we I mean, it's it's it jumped already When, when the news came out that Urban Meyer has been fired Eric, I mean, this is going to go down as There have been other coaches that Will end up having one less games In their coaching tenure than Urban Meyer I think this is the worst Head coaching experience that there that we've ever had in the NFL, like oh, it's, Freddie uh, Kitchens and Hugh Jackson and like those guys, like they were just bad, right? I mean, like they were just not competent coaches. This dude is a bad human being. Like 
He's done some really shady shit. Yep. Yep. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's an entitled college coach going from bullying kids to having to motivate men. And he just like, he just couldn't do it because he's a bully. They don't smell the bullshit. Those guys don't, they don't smell. They're like, dude, no, you're full of crap. I mean, like as someone whose college coach was like that, I mean, I like, I want to try to transfer in college. This my yeah. coach dicked me over. And yeah. he, I mean, this guy was a bully and then he tried to go do some other stuff and, you know, he just failed because it was his, it was the way he did his stuff in life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can kind of relate to being what it must've been like being a coach by Meyer in college just because it was kind of like who my college coach was. Um, but yeah, I mean like this, I tweeted out the under six and a half for the Jags was like the easiest bet on the board. You know what I mean? This had disaster written Colin, all over. Colin, is that Colin out there like he yeah. left the over? It's like, come on, Colin. What are you doing? Well, I'm um, blocked by Colin because I retweeted his thing and I said, I feel bad for anyone that thinks Tua is going to be good at the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cowherd, he's, I am he's blocked such a by smash. Colin Cowherd. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, this thing was at three three and a half moved up to three and a half and then when it broke on yesterday on wednesday that he was fired it's moved up to five and a half (laughs) which is just mind-boggling but here's the thing that this is the thing that i don't get like they've already started their preparation and everything um why how much is going to change yeah you know what i mean how much is really going to change uh it's going to be interesting to see like how many carries James Robinson is going to get 25, right? He's got to have 25 carries. Yeah. How much is like (laughs) Chenault going to be involved now? You know, you're going to have these guys that haven't been doing anything. I think you're going to have big fantasy games, but I mean, Jesus, like I can't lay the number. No way. You can't. I mean, I like, I totally get the, and if the Jags win this game by 20, I'm not going to be surprised. It won't shock me at all to see them just get that bump that they always do. Right. But they, I mean, they're still, they, they've got a lot of habits that they need to break. You know, like you were saying, yep. dude, th- this is 14 weeks of bad shit that yep. they got to, <laughs> you, you don't just get rid of that out of nowhere, right? It takes a while to, like, as you know, as a coach, you, you have a kid that comes in or someone that comes in, they have habits. You got to break those habits, you can break them down and then start all over again. You know, yep. uh, that's kind of where they are now. And it's a great, it's a great spot for them with the Texans coming in. But I will say, you know, because the Texans were playing the Seattle last week. They were in that game in the fourth quarter. It was 19-13, then Seattle went on a long drive and put the game out of reach. Davis Mills was not bad. He dropped back 52 times. He had 33 completions on 49 attempts. And he had moments where he actually looked pretty good. Uh, uh, Cooks caught eight passes for 101 yards. Mills started the game 10 for 10 last week. Yeah, you he looked good there. They played a good three force. I mean, of a game, unfortunately they didn't cover for me. Um, but I will say this, like my buddy, Brad, he made this comment. When we were talking earlier in the week. His whole thing was if you take the Texans coaches and you put them on the Broncos and those guys are doing such a good job of using everyone with their lack of talent and putting them in a position to succeed. The Broncos would have a chance to win the Super Bowl with how much talent they have on the offensive side. And that kind of like got me thinking like this coaching staff, which I thought it was going to be a complete shit show. So for Lovey Smith, if they can like do something with these picks they have and everything, 
they could be a little sneaky future in a couple of years. Well, you know what's funny is you were you were talking about like I don't think that as a staff like there are there are multiple things you look for when you have a coach, right? X's and O's, and then just like how are you as a leader of men? And I think yeah. I think they do like X's and O's. You know, I'll, I'll I'll mention something like I have a few issues with them, but they seem at least competent, and they seem like the guys really like them. Like I think a lot mm-hmm. of their players continue to play for them. They just don't have a lot of talent. That's really what it is. Yeah. Like they don't they don't have it. They didn't have a lot of draft capital. <laughs> this was a a quote from Football Outsiders that I and I I noticed this when I was rewatching the game. I'm sure you picked it up too, but I, I had to mention it. So so this was in the Texans Seattle game. Um, and this is a direct quote from Football Outsiders because the way they worded it was really funny. Texans had a third and 18 after a penalty So they get uh, a 12 yard gain Because Seattle was playing a soft coverage So Seattle mm-hmm. plays the soft coverage And that, that allows the Texans to try a 49 yard field goal So they, they kick the field goal They make the kick But Seattle's called for roughing the, roughing the, uh, roughing the snapper So there's a personal foul 15 yards automatic first down So the Texans get the ball And they continue to drive so it looks like they score a touchdown But then there's a replay that shows Brandon Cook's knee was down So it's first and goal at the one On the next play it's an illegal formation So Houston gets backed up Five yards So uh, it ends up being fourth and goal At the three They line up to go for it And then they call a timeout And then after the timeout they kick a field goal It was like a Curb Your Enthusiasm Episode for both of these teams and there was like yeah. a four, like a four minute stretch where it was like, "What is going on? What is yeah. happening?" It was like a yeah. somebody put a quarter in the merry-go-round. It just made me laugh. like I literally was laughing when I saw that happening over and over. Football man, sports, they're uh, they're great, but the Jags, Herb's fired, and uh, he won't be kicking. What was your favorite of the herb? So the herb story. So let's see, like just a few before we move on. We had immediately right off the bat, he hired a like a known racist, one of his yep. assistant coaches. Then <laughs> when free agency started, he was like, "Man, this free agency is crazy, huh?" Like he, it was like he didn't realize that that that's like that there's free agency, and and then then I mean. The girl, obviously, he's getting grinded on The not flying home with the team um, How about, like, just the way the team was prepped in week one And then you call out your staff, your coaches You called them all losers Two weeks ago, he was asked by a reporter about a player's snap counts And he said that he was playing more And the player didn't take a snap in the game That reporter was setting him up, right? For sure Oh, for sure Like, for 100% sure. I mean, like Baiting him for me, the whole thing was this. This is, this is when I kind of had, this is when I like, usually like I do two units, um, maybe four units on a future if I really like it. I had four units on this Jags future. But dude, as soon as they drafted Eddian, that was the first sign for me. That, that, no, that was right. Was they drafted running this, back in the first round. After you struck gold with James Robinson, undrafted. You know what I mean? Which makes zero sense to me. And you have so many holes that you could use. And that was like an eight unit play for me in the future, which I've never done in my lifetime of betting. That was the first idea. And then <laughs> the day after he comes out and says, yeah, but I really wanted Tony, the kid from Florida, Kadarius Tony. 
And then you're like, dude, like, what the hell? You know what I mean? And you just start, like, thinking, like, what the hell is going on? And then he said that it was an open competition between Minshew and Lawrence. And then you trade Minshew right away after that. It just, (laughs) like, everything just didn't, like, you know, you bench um, your best player in James Robinson after a fumble. It's like, it's like, Jesus, dude. It's like, he was just. The fate, even the other day. After the the game against the Titans, like Vrabel was a, one of his o- old coaches, right? Like v- yeah, Vrabel right. was under Meyer, and he went out and like I know you just got your ass kicked or whatever, but like if that's somebody that was uh, one of your guys and that's one of your staff, like if that was you and I see you out there and like you just kicked my ass after the fantasy game, like I'm not gonna go like hug you and slap you on the ass all that much, but like I'd give you a handshake and like. Nice job, man. You you cut you kicked my ass, and I'd move on. Like, don't give him that face. What the what did Vrabel do? Like, you're the one that's well, incompetent. And I mean, given the fact I'm starting Malcolm Butler this week against you, I'm yeah. pretty sure that I'm pretty sure you don't have to worry about me beating you in fantasy this week. <laughs> I just, but the problem is, like I said, <laughs> I, I get it though. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah, know, and I just what an immature, just child. As we move yeah. along to the Titans and the Steelers, and then you got a coach. Like, these two coaches who, I mean, at least Tomlin, he's the opposite. You got Chase Claypool, who's just, like, screwing them out of a win last week, possibly. And instead of throwing him under the bus, Tomlin's like, no, we handled it. This is like, we took care of it. Uh, you know, this is uh, in-home, and, you know, Chase has figured out, and we're good. Like, that's a man. That's how you lead a team, right? You don't yeah. throw somebody under the bus like that. Like, you take care of that stuff behind closed doors, and everybody respects him for it. And... This game is, what do we got to pick them now? Uh, Steelers not, are at home. Not, it was at yeah. two and a half, two, and now it's down to one. Um, this is my thing. Like, you look at the Tomlin stats, you know, home dog, 81%. Dog in general, 66%. When he's a dog of three or less, he's 67%. All that ATS. You watch the Titans game. I mean, Titans, I mean, Jesus, they limped to that, that, um, that win last night last week they could not put the jags away they gave the jags every chance in the world to come back um i do kind of feel though that the steelers are going to be this week's public dog and i haven't pulled the trigger yet i want to pull the trigger i haven't pulled the trigger uh tj watt was back in practice which is big for them aiden was not uh that's a big thing that's a big one in the back back four for them so uh yeah i mean and the extra few days yeah. Probably helped Big Ben quite a bit. You know, he's someone that at this part of his career, the short turnaround last week, he was like, he looked that like a super, guy. I'll tell you what, that was old school Big Ben. Like, we haven't seen that for a while. He literally put that team on his back, put him in position, and that was a fucking dime. He threw it was so funny because he literally looked like a guy that was like, like an old man, like getting the rust off. The first, it was like the first quarter and a half, he was like, oh, no, I'm just not moving. And then it was like, I'm down. He was incredible in the second half. He was like, he, it's like he, he warmed himself up. His body just like, <laughs> was like creaking in the first, but there's something here with them. I, I mean, I would lean Pittsburgh. These two teams just feel so similar. Like they're not that good, honestly, either one of them, even the Titans, like the Titans are, are well coached. And they have a pretty good defense, but they're not like a good football team overall. Neither of these two teams are, but I'm 43. I, I don't know how either of these teams score all that much either. Pittsburgh's kind of 
been in some of these absurd games recently, but I think that's more of like their opponents getting up big and then kind of the, the game shape there. Yeah, this is one where I'll probably get involved on and some Steelers and some under come uh, come Sunday. Let's get to Jets Dolphins here. So man, the Dolphins are a nice. I'm sorry. Let me ask you something. I didn't. I meant to ask this at the end of your um when you're sure. first talking. Um, looking at the future market right now, Ravens have a million and two COVID issues. God only knows if Lamar is going to play there at plus 120. Bengals, you know, they go to Denver, tough place to play. Browns, I mean, God only knows who's suing up for them. All those are between 230 and plus 120 to win the division. Steelers are sitting at 12 to 1. I know. You have to put a little bit on them. It's not even like liking Steelers or anything. It's just looking around and seeing that. They're the only ones who's not lifted to the finish. You know what I mean? Like they just I might think... be okay, and that tie might save them, yeah. man. That tie yeah. could end up being something that's just not a loss for them at this point. That could be a loss for like the, the other teams moving forward. Yeah, that, that's not a bad one. I would definitely sniff a little bit of that, especially if you like the Steelers this week. How is the Dol? I, I mean, like the Jets don't have a lot of their skill position players. I mean, Wilson last week, he was 19 for 42. It was one of his worst games of the year. He was 10 for 19 on targets within five yards of the line of scrimmage. My son can throw better than that. He's two years old. He can hit yeah. He can hit a target within five yards 10 out of 19 times. Um, they didn't get anything going in the second half. They got outscored 20 to three. I mean, they were in the game at halftime. It was just 10 to six. I, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the Jets. I don't think anything... That like right now, I don't think they're good. I do not think that the Dolphins should be in a situation where they have to win by ten points to cover this game. No, in what world? Like you know what I mean? Two is not waddles Mahomes. out. Yeah, two is not Mahomes. He's not um, you know, Herbert. He's not one of those guys that's going to be slinging it down. Everything's just an accurate little twelve yard pass. That's it. This team's not going to be the team that's going to blow it out. You know, with the offense they have. Is it possible that Wilson turns the ball over and they score because of that? Yes, but you know it's just it's just a big number to be laying with a with an offense that isn't that explosive. Dolphins have no Dolphins have no running backs right now. They're going to have to activate Malcolm Brown from the IR. Everyone's on the COVID list. Waldo got Waldo Jalen Waldo got put on the COVID list, so that could be an outbreak in the wide receiver room. Their offensive line isn't that great. You know what I mean? Like. There's Where's Waldo? Where's Waddle? Where's Waddle? <laughs> There's nothing that screams, hey, take lay nine you know and a half yeah. with the Dolphins yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that screams that. So, I <laughs> no, mean, thank you. For me, Jets or nothing. So, you just, it, it, yeah. at, over the, at once you're getting in the seven and a half range, I'm Jets. Like, at, yeah. at, at over the touchdown, I'm Jets for sure. And I just could never lay this number with the Dolphins. We get to Cowboys Giants. So here's the thing. There's something up with the Cowboys. Um, they're not playing that well. And I think people are kind of aren't really focusing on it because some of their scores have been a little kind of miragey. When you look at the final scores of their last two games, they look, oh, sure. But then you dig into them. They really struggled a couple weeks ago with the Taysom Hill Saints, even though they turned the ball over four times. And and Dallas couldn't put them away Last week Dak Okay, f- people are going to see the score And think, oh, oh, you know, the Cowboys were up big on Washington You know, 
Washington should have won that game because oh. they should have won that game. And people get so caught up in the, well, they were down 21 to nothing or 20 to nothing or whatever. That doesn't matter. So Washington, and this was something that you pointed out, their secondary, their defense, they were starting so many players that had like no NFL experience whatsoever, like none. And Dak threw four turnover worthy plays. Two of them got intercepted. Two would have been pick sixes got dropped. I mean, absolute gift pick sixes. Both were dropped by Washington. Dak was graded a 47 by pro football focus. He hasn't gotten a grade under 63 all year long. He was miserable. They lost both of their tackles in that game. Smith went out injured and Collins was ejected for coming to the defense of Dak. The two teams got into a little scuffle. Um, This isn't a like, uh, I love the Giants or whatever, but the divisional game, you're giving me more than 10 at home. I, I don't care if it's Mike Glennon, Fromm, or whatever version of Daniel Jones we get. I That's just too many points for a team on the road in the division that I don't think is playing all that well right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably be on the my, – my worry is this, is A – the Giants defense looks so bad against the Chargers. Like they gave up that Hail Mary at the end, which is a little bit rough. Um, they didn't still have a chance to cover. I mean, the running game looked a lot better. Uh, let's not forget this game was basically 10, 10 and then Jones and everyone just started dropping like flies at when they played in Dallas. I mean, I'll probably be on the Giants, but you know, the one thing I've noticed is the lines kind of planned out. There'll be more public money that comes in Saturday. Friday, Saturday, and then Sharps will hit it hit it back on Saturday night into Sunday morning. So yeah, I would just kind of sit, see if we can get a couple more points in the Giants. I mean, there's no Daniel Jones; he's not going to play. So uh, yeah, you could probably get a couple more points. So I'd probably wait wait a little bit. This next one's really hard. I mean, Washington is on the road playing at Philly. Philly's coming off their bye. They are a nine and a half point favorite. Washington has 20 players on the COVID protocols right now. Uh, they are one well, of I mean, three. They have 20, this, I think. This goes back to the thing. Like, they have no defensive linemen. They're whole, all defensive linemen are basically out. Um, I've said on here every time we've talked about how much I'm in love with this Philly running game and how they're the only the only thing that could really stop them is if they get in their own way. Their offensive line is finally healthy now coming off the bye. It's just a bad matchup because they don't have any of their hogs that can stop the run, and that's why this line's got inflated. It went all the way from two and a half to it's all the way up at 10 right now. So, I mean, you just can't with what the Eagles want to do running the ball. You just can't um, lay this many points. Um, also, Minshew, for some reasons, taking first team snaps. I rewatched that game a couple of times. Minshew is God fucking awful. Like that. I love Minshew had, so much. This is one Dallas, of our, like, this is one of our. Like rewatch that pass. He had the Dallas Gal- Gober, Dallas Galbert. That ball was so poorly underthrowing. He had to stop and just he's just standing there and waiting for it. Like it, Minshew has a mullet and wears jean shorts, and people like him because of this. But if you just watch purely throwing the ball and the running around pointlessly in a pocket, he's just he's not that good. You well, know no, that, that, well, that's what you're saying is fine. And I but think like, that's wise, the point. He's just is not that, that he's good? Yeah, like if people. And people go crazy with the Minshew mania because they like he looks like Uncle Rico and he's the jean shorts yeah. and he's you know all that. So people like telling the stories of him. So I think it's like a 
I don't know how many people genuinely think he's like To me he's a guy that would be a very good backup quarterback I think he would be one of the best backups in the league But you wouldn't want him to be your franchise guy I think he's no. like you know And hey, that's, you legitimately have a team that could go into the playoff And how they're built make noise in the playoffs mm-hmm. So this is why like in my eyes Like if you don't start Hurts It's like what are you doing Like literally like what are you doing if you don't start Hurts and it, unless there's like some his injury isn't yeah he might unless he's not healthy because he Minshew Minshew would be fine like with the Patriots you know yeah. like he he would be good in spots where you've got all of the other things built around but the but the thing with the Eagles is you need Hurts you need Hurts to be a dynamic runner like that's half of the what makes you difficult to to defend is that oh well you're gonna run the ball but is it gonna be Handing off or is it going to be this quarterback With the option that's what makes it difficult To stop and so You know you don't have the kind of playmakers In Philly to where all Minshew has to Do is just kind of hand it off to them or 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 just flip it to these Incredible wide receivers so I, I agree with you it's it's all about the fit But for what Philadelphia has built recently It wouldn't make any sense to want to go To to Minshew um, with, with, no. with where they've been successful No not at all so And in terms of betting the game, I mean, you just got to stay away. There's the, unless you're going to take Washington with no defensive line. Against, and I can't. No. What in the better offensive line in the game? So no, thank just you. Just a pure stay away. Sit back. Okay. This next game. I this swear thing. to God, if this, if somehow this Chargers game goes over, like they have to do like a, one of these e like what what, are they, what what's the e thing e three sixties e sixty yeah <laughs> yeah because I mean like. Jesus Christ, dude! This is—it's like at forty-eight right now. Soon to go to forty-nine. I'm saying the under at fifty-four. I mean, and with all the turnovers that happened in the red zone, it's just I don't, it's the joys <laughs> of betting football, man. The joys it's, of betting football. It's great when Eric and I are sitting here recording during these Thursday night games. Sometimes and we're kind of seeing what's happening on the screen. Is it's funny to hear us reacting as uh, we move to the next game: Bengals Broncos. The Bengals game last week might have been one of the most frustrating games for me of the of the year. Um, just like a game to be on the wrong side of. So the the Bengals had more first downs, more total yards, more yards per play, more time of possession, but they lost because of two turnovers and some really poor coaching decisions, which you've been really hitting on with Zach Taylor. So at one point, th- there was another point in the game where they it was a third down and six. They stopped San Francisco and they were going to force a field goal and they got called for a terrible taunting penalty. I mean, it was, it was horrible. And that gave, that gave San Francisco a first down. And then San Francisco went on to score a touchdown. They also dropped a would have been pick six. So start adding those things up. Two muffed punts, then a field goal that becomes a touchdown and then a dropped pick six. The two muffed punts. Yeah. Gave the 49ers immediately 10 points Following one of the muff punts They kicked a field goal And they only had to go 8 yards And then on the next time they went 31 yards and scored a touchdown <laughs> Then I mean when I dig into a game like this and on, my, on the rewatches And I have 15 things to point out I'm always going to play the Bengals the next week Or like I'm always going to play that team the next week For the most part and probably play against The team that beat them Um the first half, it's fourth and one at the San Francisco 19. They kick a field goal for 37 yards. It's like, what are you doing? Fourth and two at the San Francisco 10. 
they kicked a field goal What? Later in the game they also missed a field goal <laughs> Then it's overtime They get the ball Pass 26 yards Pass 23 yards It's first and 10 at the San Francisco 26 Handed off for 4 Handed off for 3 Now it's 3rd and 3 Like 3rd and 3, 3rd and 4 in, in what has to be a run in a, in a passing play And so Joe Burrow drops back And he gets sacked because of course You knew he was going to drop back to throw the ball It's just like that's just horrible coaching That's just yeah. terrible Terrible coaching This guy lost the game for his team A team that's battling for a division right now Joe Burrow was incredible 348 yards passing, two touchdowns In the fourth quarter in overtime He was 11 for 15 210 yards, two touchdowns Four big time throws, zero turnover worthy plays. During that stretch of the fourth quarter in overtime, he went six for 11 in passes beyond 10 yards. He had a couple wide receiver drops early. I think they're trying to run the ball too much. I didn't understand. They ran the ball 26 times for just 86 yards and 3.3 yards per carry. Offensive line struggled. Um, Che Hendrickson injury is one, something I'm going to keep an eye on. But I mean, the Bengals. Not only could have won that game, they should have won that game very easily last week after all of those things. I'm I'm on the Bengals this week. I, I don't love the plus the two and a half. I would just probably take the Bengals money line here. I'm gonna wait to see if I can get a three. Um this goes back to the point I made earlier. I like teams that were down that battled back and put themselves in a position to win. That's exactly what the Bengals did here. Twice in a row, um, back to back weeks. Yeah. Um so I really like them here. Also, something that's important to know, um, Burrow's average depth of completion is 11 yards against man coverage. Against zone, it's like 8-point-something, um, 8.6, I believe. Broncos are one of the most heaviest man schemes in the NFL. So this is the coverage that Burrow likes to go against. Um, I just really don't trust the Broncos' offense, to be honest with you. Like I said it last week, like... Javante Williams isn't going to get as many touches as Melvin Gordon. And that's how it was. Like, I just doesn't make sense to me. I can have someone like Javante Williams. and He's just not your horse. You just ride it back there with how talented that kid is. Um, yeah, I just, I'm just going to sit back here. I'm going to wait. Um, there was something I saw on Twitter. Broncos could have some COVID issues. So I'll kind of monitor that a little bit, or it could just be some guy talking on Twitter. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'll wait to see if I can get a three. If I can't get a three, I'll get in here. Get in here on the two and a half. This was talking a lot about the uh, Bengals 49ers game. It'll lead us to this next game, which is Falcons 49ers. So the 49ers are a nine and a half point favorite against the Falcons. Um, coming off of that game, where you know the 49ers might be a little bit overvalued. Now, let me let me at first say, I think that San Fran got lucky to win that game last week, but. That that drive to win the game That was awesome That was a very good drive by Jimmy G That was an excellent drive by their staff That was a, hey, we have one chance To go down and score a touchdown And they did So very, like, power to them for that But everything that happened Before that in the game Should have never even been in overtime I mean, the Bengals should have won that game Very, very easily They were given short field and basically given 10 points by the Bengals Bengals uh, decided to kick field goals on fourth and short And in the fourth quarter In overtime, Jimmy G He had some big throws But he did take four sacks The return of Samuel did help them He ran the ball eight times for 37 yards 27 of them came on a touchdown I mean, this game was all about Kittle You and I went back, that catch that he made That was one of the best catches Of the last few years that I can remember 
Especially was like, like that was insane. Unbelievable, man. He had a couple of them where it's like he. I believe last year. I guess it wasn't last year. So it was two years ago when they made the run to the Super Bowl, right? The 49ers Yeah. When they made that run, he was actually graded the best football player in football uh, by Pro Football Focus. Like for the best player at your position and the best highest overall graded player was George Kittle based on the blocking, the scheming, how he runs his routes, the hands, all of that. And you kind of forget when he's, you know, he hasn't been all that healthy the last like year, year and a half. This dude is unbelievable when he's out there and he is a legitimate weapon. Um, but you know, their offensive line wasn't very good. They had four separate offensive linemen give up multiple pressures. Bosa was very good there. So I think the 49ers win this game. I think they win this game, but it's they, they want to run the ball already. You know, they're not a team that wants to score 50 points on you as it is throwing the ball up and down. This just feels like way too many points. Oh, it is. Like I I'm going to be on the Falcons here. I'm just waiting because I think there's going to be more 49er money. Money. Get us up over um, 10. Like, if this was at yeah. six and a half, I would wait yeah. till it got to the seven. Like, that. Like as soon as it got to, to a touchdown is where I would jump in on this game. And, like, you mentioned that stuff about Jimmy G, but I just, you know what I mean? In my, he's just not, he's like a middle-tier quarterback. You know what I mean? I don't like, think he's, I don't I even think he's middle-tier. I, I personally like Baker more than Jimmy G. They're you know, like myself, me too, me too. You know like I, mean? I complete, like, I agree. Like, I think they're I, very, I really feel like he can't lead you to anything, but if he has pieces, they can be a good team. Absolutely. Completely you know, agree. And, um, I think this is the highest we're going to get the 49ers all year. Mm-hmm. Um, this Falcons team has been sneaky good. Their offensive line has slowly gotten better. They put up what, what they put up last week, 27 against the Panthers. This Panthers defense is better than the 49ers defense on they the went road. Up double digits multiple um, times, and they had a yep. pretty steady lead throughout the rest of the game. Yep. They won the time of possession by nine minutes. Yep. I mean, so they, they are playing better, and Shanahan is this? 34. They're on the road, the yep. Falcons. How bizarre is that? Shanahan is two on the road, and, and the 49ers are two and four at home. 34% against the spread as a favorite. Um, 30, sorry, 21% against the spread as a home favorite. So, I mean, he just doesn't cover these numbers. And this is the big number. You know, I, I, I like it here. I'll be on the Falcons. I'll sprinkle a little bit on the money line. But, you know, this is just another thing. I'm just going to wait to see if I can get a little bit more. Um, it's slowly kind of trickled up all week. I think I'm going to be able to get more. I think it's, I, I, I think this will get to 10. But even where it's sitting at right now at the um, at the plus, it's nine and a half. I'm fine taking that. Me too. If it doesn't get up higher than that, like that window of above seven and a half, you know, like I'm okay with anything above that seven and a half number. I'd rather wait for the 10. And if it's not, yep. then I'm okay with nine, you know. Um, this game just went over. Like, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, like, I don't know what you did. I, I took the Chargers plus the three. Yeah, and then once it got to fifty four, I took the under at fifty four. I mean, this is remarkable. This game's going under, yeah. going over. Excuse me, unbelievable. So uh, twenty eight, twenty eight with a minute fifteen left in that game. Chargers Chiefs. As uh, we continue on, a few more games left for us to discuss on the week fifteen slate. I mean, I just with with everything that we know right now, Eric, um, I can't get involved in any way, shape, or form in this Rams. Yeah, this this is just a pure stay away. Like I mean, it was like. Out. 
Yeah, news we're fine. Yeah, there's there's more COVID news coming out. So about the Rams. Right so, before I mean, we started, there were nine more that the Rams put on the COVID list. So I think yeah. I think there are three teams that have over twenty, and the Rams were one of them. I think it was the Rams, Browns, and Washington that have. Like with those three teams have twenty players that are gonna that are currently missing. So, honestly, it's not even really worth like diving into all that much. On Sunday, we'll know who's playing for the Rams and who's not. And hell, I will say, Eric, this doesn't this doesn't look bad for my Seahawks bet, right? I was gonna say, dude, they're moving in the right direction. I was gonna say, like, I'm never rooting for something like this to happen, right? But I'm saying. It, wouldn't it be this is this is why you make wagers like that when they're big because mm-hmm. weird stuff can happen like this right like it's sports, somebody gets hurt you know? it's sports what like if Stafford got hurt for the Rams and he wasn't playing you would feel very very confident about Seattle's chances there too you know it's just you know if you if you have a little bit of a reason and if it's if it's a big plus money that's why you take the big shots and that's why you don't lay the big favorites because of this exact reason. I mean, if if Seattle wins this game now, now they got two home games where they're going to be favored to try to get yeah, to I mean, eight and eight, and they, they're right there. So they're right there. They're um, right there. Let's see. Uh, let's see what happens this week. We'll talk more about that game on Sunday. Packers Ravens is so the Packers are a five and a half point favorite on the road against Baltimore right now. We don't know Lamar's status, but Harbaugh. He said he's going to try to play like he's expecting him to play on Sunday with the sprained ankle. Yeah, yep. he said he's going to try to give it a go. He's going to be day to day. And I mean, that that's what it comes down to. Packers have struggled all year against mobile quarterbacks that can run. And if Lamar is there and can move like I'll be on the Ravens. But this is just a big question mark. Um, Packers offensive line were dropping like flies. I mean, they have some serious issues up there. I really feel that the Packers are due for a little bit of regression. But, you know, I want to be on the Ravens here, but the Lamar thing is that big question because there's such a big downgrade, obviously, and then, between him and, and Hunt. And then, even, and then even, even, even though Leo may disagree, there is a big Even though I was going to say, even though Leo. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> I joked with Leo earlier today. Huntley made a uh, – he had one pass that was pretty freaking good. There was, like, one yeah. or two that were like, oh, but it's so different when you're down like that and you're just kind of coming back and there's no pressure on you and you just kind of have to fling the ball around, right? Like, it's like it's a different dynamic than than trying to, to do that throughout the game. But, uh, yeah, and even if you do get Lamar, like – what ver- is Lamar going to be the version of Lamar that's able to run comfortably yeah. well? I just – this is probably There's, a stay away for me yeah. for the most part. Um, Bucks Saints. So the Bucks are an 11-point favorite in here. And what's weird about that is they – I mean, they're the better football team, no doubt. But the Saints have matched up really well with them over the last uh, couple years now. So the Saints beat them this year in the regular season, and then they beat them twice last year. In the regular season Correct. And uh, the Bucks did come back and beat them in the playoffs But I don't This feels like a lot Like I wouldn't want to lay more than 10 here I mean first off I'm never laying numbers at this big period The, the number to me where I would start Really getting in, invested in the Saints Is like at 7.5 I start looking At 10 I'm probably in on the Saints You know they you got know, back. They got like with Hill they have at least a plan. It's they want to run the ball, so they're probably not going to have you know a few less possessions in the game because they'll try to run the ball. It's a division game. They still have a little bit of life to try to make a playoff push. 
at over 10, I'm on the Saints side. Yeah, I'm going to be on the Saints. Like, I, I love the Saints here. More importantly, the Saints, they're going to have their two big pass rushers back. They're going to have Davenport and Jordan back. Um, Brady struggles with pressure. I mean, everyone kind of knows that. I think the Saints are going to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to be able to move the ball with Dylan Kamara. And I think they're going to be able to get pressure on um, on Brady, make him uncomfortable, and, you know, stay, stay within this big number. So I'm definitely going to be on the Saints here. I'm just going to kind of wait just because – I really feel like this is just me, me. This is how my mind works. Last week was such a good week for favorites. Like all the chalky favorites won, all the big money line won. If the weekend shapes up like it's going to, there's going to be a lot of chasers on the bucks. So mm-hmm. you're going to be able to get a little bit of an inflated number. Yeah. This thing might float up to 13, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it, it, that's, at over 10 I'm fine And that's why if it dips down you know, 10 and a half may, might be the place where I would want to hit it uh, But it, it definitely could keep floating up A little bit As we get to the final game of the week Monday Night Football Vikings Bears here So Vikings have a couple extra days They they were in another Just funny Viking game With 6 minutes and 15 seconds left to go In the third quarter they were up 29 to nothing Yet somehow With with three seconds left, Pittsburgh was running a play from the Minnesota 12 to try to tie the game. It's like. And I said it when we were recording. I go, they're up 22 nothing, and I'm still that comfortable. No. This three. <laughs> it was so funny. And it just. This is. Pittsburgh and Minnesota play those games every week. Those two teams, you knew they'd be in in what? Cousins was not very good. He completed less than half his passes, 216 yards. He missed some huge passes on. Third down that allowed Pittsburgh to come back uh, They were 5 for 14 on third Downs he did have an incredible 63 yard touchdown pass to Osborne that was That was really good and then Cook Who was like Cook's out for A few weeks he just sh- Shows up and plays he was 27 Carries for 205 yards two touchdowns 7.6 yards per carry 153 yards two touchdowns before Halftime they had 11 penalties For 102 yards there though And you know what this is A spot that I'm going to the Bears I'm going to the yeah. Bears at home, home dog, home dog of more than a field goal here. You know, Fields looked a lot more competent last week. He, they were up 24-14. The offense was looking good with the first, uh, with a couple of big plays. And they actually scored 24 points in the second quarter. They got a 97-yard punt touchdown return. And then to start the second half, Green Bay got the ball, went nine plays, 75 yards in five minutes and 33. Six seconds and they scored a touchdown to go up 28-7 Chicago's first possession of the second half Two plays they fumbled the ball Green Bay got the ball back and on their first play Scored a touchdown from 23 yards out Within two minutes they Or within like minutes They went from being up going into halftime To down one To oh crap All of a sudden we're down 38-27 to And now we're done yep. It just flipped I'm- really quickly for them Yep, just flipped really quickly. Um, field did look better though. Um, special teams look great. Defense looked better. Um, Hicks could be coming back, which is going to be good for the run. Um, but you look at Cousins in prime time. Cousins prime time favorite forty two percent against the spread. Cousins prime time overall is just thirty eight percent against the threat spread. He just does it in these standalone games. Cousins isn't that good against the number. Um, Bears tend to do better at home. Um, interdivisional game, getting points. 
I just like the Bears here. You know, I really feel that the Vikings are kind of underachieving this year. They should really be better than they are. Um, if I were to tell you they were 27th DVOA in terms of rush rushing with Delvin Cook, that'd blow your mind, which they are. Um, I really feel this team is has a lame duck coach, lame duck coaching staff. Um, I like the Bears here. I'll take them at four all day. We are uh stop bears, stop bears, stop bears, stop bears, stop bears this week for me and Eric. And uh yeah, we we probably went a little shorter than normal and maybe a few games that we didn't have quite as much because it's just not worth it right now to 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 get into all these things that may not end up happening or you know these players may not be out there. So in some of these games that we're unsure on, we'll wait, but we'll hang out with you again on Sunday morning, fourth and inches, eleven AM Eastern time. You can follow at BTV Bets or you can follow me. It's me, Gino B. And uh, and you'll have that live stream that'll help set you up for everything on uh, on Saturday and actually on Sunday that's on Sunday and then Saturday will be at three thirty p.m. Eastern time to set you up for the uh, the games that uh, start at four thirty p.m. Eastern time. Eric will be with me uh, on both of those on Saturday and on Sunday. Eric, you were getting into it. We didn't get a chance to talk about it here on this show, um, but maybe next week or before one of the bigger. Uh, Days where there's a few games we'll get into some of the College games did you cover any of that stuff On your pod this week Um yeah the podcast this week we'll talk A little college uh football Gonna talk a little Urban Meyer situation Um gonna talk who should be The next coach of the Bears God, What else are we what else do we have on tech Um we're gonna talk uh, my buddy He's gonna come on he's this big Statistician guy he's gonna talk about the analytics Stuff he uses to bet on College uh, basketball and uh, going to have a nice little DFS breakdown and give you a couple guys that you can build around for your cash game lineup. So yeah, it's going to be a great, uh, great little podcast. So make sure you guys check that out if you can. Look forward to that, Eric, and I will uh, will go live on Instagram on Sunday after, uh, right before the Sunday night football game. Hopefully, we don't get two overtime games like uh, like we did last. Yeah, week. we got a little, we got a little behind. <laughs> got know, a little Kool-Aid, bumped back. <laughs> Kool Aid, my dog was being a little bit of a shithead, and you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, we got we got a little behind, but you know, we'll uh, we'll do it. You know, we go live. We just give it kind of give you guys our first thoughts, some stuff to be on the lookout for, and just kind of you know. Tell you where our head's at, you know, because you want to hopefully get ahead of the curve. But you know, with all this COVID stuff, it's you know getting a little trickier than we than we like it to be. Yeah, this these couple of weeks have been a little bit harder to lock in uh, stuff early. So we'll uh, we'll always give you as much information as we have, and we look forward to uh, hanging out, uh, having you having some of you hang out with us again this weekend on the fourth and inches on Saturday and on Sunday. Eric, buddy, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you uh, each and every week helping out. And it is crazy, man. We're already going to be. In week 16 next week Just just three more weeks left after this one I know we're, we're getting down to the finish And uh, hopefully uh, Hopefully we you know cash some futures And uh, you know get uh, one of the Future teams that we had to the uh, to The Super Bowl man let's go Eagles Give Eric a follow there on social media Check out his pod this week and make sure To come hang out with us uh, over on BTV bets better than dot Vegas Good luck this weekend buddy talk to you soon Sounds good man good luck to you too do not go anywhere, folks. Still plenty more to discuss on this episode of That's What She Said. Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years. Studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever 
to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF Mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering multiple formats to view you got the overview page with recent speed figures current days odds easy access to expert selections and analysis you got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse and you got those traditional drf pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones they are constantly upgrading improving and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at drf.com better you want to spread your pony knowledge Download the Stable Duel app and play today. Get to StableDuel.com, download that app, and take a look at all the different games you can get involved in this weekend. Like on Friday at Charlestown, there's a free ride. Yep, a free ride you can get involved for nothing. Doesn't cost you a cent, and they have $200 in cash prizes. Four tracks, five contests, Charlestown, Gulfstream, Penn, and Tampa. I'm going to help you out with some of the Gulfstream uh, plays. We've got three best bets coming up for you to use in your Stable Duel lineups. Gulfstream games at 10 and 100 bucks. Saturday, four tracks, six contests, Charlestown, Gulfstream, Mahoning Valley, Tampa. Games starting at as low as $3 all the way up to 150 bucks. that big $150 game at Gulfstream Park. Then on Sunday, you've got three different options at Gulfstream. Games from 5 all the way up to 200 bucks. Get those entries in and play, race, win as we head on over to Gulfstream Park for Friday, December the 17th.
Friday, December the 17th, Gulfstream Park. We're going to take a look at races 2, 4, and 8 here. And uh, race number 2, we're going to take a look at the number 1, Friar Tuck, who's 4-1 to one on the morning line. Now, at the price, if you're playing Stable Duel at 4-1 to one on the morning line, that'll cost you 7000 to use in your Stable Duel lineup. doesn't look like there's a lot of speed in here. Friar Tuck drops, second off the bench, puts two starts together. Hadn't raced from February to October. Now you've got the inside speed. I think he's going to be able to clear this field. Friar Tuck. And uh, shout out to a place where I used to rent some of my uh, tuxedos. Uh, Friar Tuck's the name of the, the store when I had to. 4-1 to one on the morning line, anything around 5-2. to two. We'll put a few bucks on on Friar Tuck. As we move to Gulfstream's fourth race on Friday, maiden $35,000 claimers. They're going to travel one mile on the turf course here. I'm going to the seven. That ain't too shabby. So this two-year-old filly debuted at Gulfstream going six furlongs on the dirt against maiden specials. Didn't run all that well. Then stretched out to the mile in the 16th on the synthetic and was close up, was inside, was in tight, was right up on the heels of the leader. And she wanted to go. She got shuffled. She was boxed inside. She had no room. And it was slow fractions that day. I think it was a sneaky good effort from that ain't too shabby. 10 to 1 on the morning line. If we can get anything around 5, we'll make a win wager there in race number 4 at Gulfstream on Friday. We move to the 8th race. Gulfstream. And... I'm looking at the three wing commander. These are $50,000 claimers, non-winners of two. The three wing commander is going to add the blinkers, and he's going to get back to the turf. He took a shot on the dirt last time out. Didn't like it. That's fine. Just put a line right through. Two starts back on October the 23rd, he was in a really tough group. The horse who won that race named Santin. Santin came back to finish second in the Hollywood Derby. The grade one Hollywood Derby was only beaten a neck there. The runner-up that day, Pine Knoll, came back to win a first-level allowance. That was a tough race that Wing Commander was in on October the 23rd. The race on October the 8th was also really tough. There were two next-out winners. Camp Hope came out of that race to win 150,000 stakes at Keeneland next out. And then he tried the Hollywood Derby. He actually finished 10th in that race, but he took a shot in there. And Buy Me Candy won a first-level allowance next time out. Wing Commander with the blinks on, back to the turf. Third start for this barn now in a much softer spot. The number three, Wing Commander, who is 9-2 on the morning line. If we can get anything around 3-1, to one, we'll make a win wager there. That is Friday over at Gulfstream Park. Let's head on to Oaklawn for Friday. So for Oaklawn for Friday the 17th, we're going to look at races 5, 6, 7, and 8. In the fifth race, it's a group of maiden special weights, uh, Phillies, 2-year-olds, mile and a 16th on the main track. Can the three steal this race? Prince Dreamsess. So, Bicameral has shown a little bit of positional speed. I think the three is quicker. And they're both going to be stretching out. And I'm hoping Bicameral just tries to sit a little bit. So, let's see if the three, Prince Dreamsess, can steal this race, making career start number four. Two back at Churchill. She was going really quick, sub-22 fractions before fading. She's been right on the engine in all three of her starts, so I think she wants to go, and maybe she'll be able to relax a little bit more on this stretch out and just not have to be working so hard throughout. Let's take a look at the three. Prince Dream says she's 6-1 to on the morning line, anything around 4. We'll make a win wager there. As we move to the sixth race, we have a first-level allowance here. Optional 80 claimer, 6 furlongs on the main track. I think with the six. Magnolia Midnight, you have some legitimate excuses for her. So her fast track sprint 
was a win, and that's what we're going to key off. In her debut, she's at Colonial sprinting on the turf. It's not a bad race. Then she comes back and she crushes breaking her maiden, or he, Magnolia Midnight. Career start number three, he stretches out, tries to go long in a grade three, tries the Iroquois. Well, he just didn't want to go long, so you can excuse that. Comes back last time, it's a good track, and he draws the rail. Now you get off the rail, and just feels like a really nice spot. For Magnolia Midnight, who is five to one on the morning line. If we can get anything around seven to two, we'll make a win wager there as we move along to the seventh race. And I'm looking at the the number eight in here, Stock Deal. This barn is, I mean, you think of the Diodoro barn, you think of their success with horses off of the claim. They claim this horse from D. Wayne Lucas, who Hall of Fame trainer, but D. Wayne the last few years he just doesn't win a whole lot. And he still sometimes has some horses with some ability. They geld this runner, and they step him up off the $20,000 claim. I think you're going to get a big effort from Stock Deal. He's 5-1 to one on the morning line. If he's anything around 5-2, to two, we'll play him to win. As we move to the 8th at Oaklawn, optional 62 allowance race here. A mile and a 16th on the main for Phillies and Mares. I'm looking at the 6, Hypernova. And I'm thinking Hypernova is the fastest in here. Uh, Coach is the one to beat. Aura from the inside has a little bit of speed, but I don't know if she's really quick. She might be just kind of stalking. WW Fitzy has some. I'm thinking Hypernova stretching out from the 6.5 at Delta, back to the mile in the 16th, really sharp right now, and has been beating some nice runners in the last two. The number 6, Hypernova, 6-1 to one on the morning line, anything around 4, will make a win wager there at Oaklawn on Friday. Let's get over to Remington Park. They've got a fun night with the Springboard Mile and a bunch of stakes races. So we're going to look at races 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 for Remington on Friday night. Race number 8 is the Jim Thorpe $70,000 stakes race. I thought the 4 tapped the dot who was, you know, I think she gets, he gets the lead. I'm just just butchering these uh, these sexes of these animals today, huh? So I think he will try to get the lead in here, but he can also sit a little bit. And the fact that he was able to step out into open company last time out against the 20,000 claimers, now you're back in with just the Oklahoma breads. The four tap the dot. Fordly placed in here, should be in the mix throughout. He is 5-1 to one on the morning line. If we can get anything around 7-2, we'll make a win wager there. As we move to the ninth race at Remington Park, they'll go a mile on the main track here. I'm on the five, Gotta See Red. He was in between horses in his last start on November the 23rd when he was behind a couple of the rivals in this spot. He was close up early on, and then he got shuffled back to last. He ended up losing five lengths, and he came on again, but it was a brutal, brutal trip. He's five to one on the morning line. If he is five to two, I'm going to make a win wager on him, I, I, on her, gotta see red, Philly, Philly, in the 10th race, we get to the she's all in, Phillies and mares in here, I'm looking at the 5, Paige Ann, who is 5 to 1, blinkers come off, Paige Ann, she's just really honest, and feels like some of the races that she comes out of are probably some of the better, the... The seven, Marion Francis, I think is the one to beat. I'll try to play against casual, and she just kind of, she doesn't scare the heck out of me. I think she'll always show up and kind of launch and, and 
pick some pieces up, but I think on the win end, we can beat her with, you know, the five page page and the seven Mary and Francis will likely be favored in this race. And then you've got Island Hideaway is another who I might use underneath. So five, seven, and three in the tenth at Remington. As we move to the trapeze, they'll go a mile in here. I love the three point two in this spot. It's a you know a field where I'm looking at the six park on the Nile. They're gonna go. Then towards the outside, you've got two sprinters that are drawn to the outside. Optionality and diamonds and aces. They're all gonna go. So I want the stalkers here. I want the horses who are going to be sitting, who can pass horses. I'm looking at the 3.2. I love that effort on the turf last time out. Two starts back was a very good third right here at Remington going 6.5. And And what the 7.5 win on the turf proved was that he's fine with this distance. She is fine with this distance, .2. Hits Pricey Legacy, the 7 and the 9 Golden Sights will also be in some of my exotics. 3, 7, and 9 here in race 11 at Remington. As we move to the 12th, the springboard mile, I am going to the 9. Osborne, who was behind Howling Time in the debut. Howling Time came out of that race to win the Street Sense next out. Then Osborne, in career start number 2, stretched out a little bit to 7 furlongs. Showed a little more speed and was very impressive there. I'm just going up and down this field. I think he's the best horse in the race. And that's why I'll end up playing him. If he's anything around 7-2 to two or so, we'll make a win wager there on Osborne. So that is Remington Park Friday night on a big, big night for them. That springboard mile, $400,000 and a ton of stakes action on Friday. So Remington Park will get some spotlight on Friday. As we shift over to Saturday, we're going to talk a little Gulfstream and a little Oaklawn for Saturday. Coming soon, Santa Anita, December the 26th. We will have coverage of Santa Anita for opening day and for every day of their racing meet on social media. Most of that coverage will be right here on That's What G Said podcast. That starts on December the 26th. And then Sam Houston, January the 6th. We will be bringing you coverage every single day of the races at Sam Houston right here on That's What G Said and social media, live streams, and videos. So... Lot to come as the the calendar going to be shifting to the new year. And we are looking over at Gulfstream Park for Saturday. We're going to take a look at races 5, 6, 8, 9, and 10. Five stakes races on the card. We'll look at all of them. And there's that big stable dual game. Don't forget, $150 entry fee with $30,000 in cash prizes. The fifth at Gulfstream on Saturday is the Swanee River, a mile on the turf course. I love the two in a hurry who will get some pace to chase in here. She was in tight inside right away. She had a tap on the brakes. She got shuffled. She was traveling really well. She wanted to go. She waited. She waited. By the time she got some room, it was too late in a race where Shifty Sue won wire to wire. or And Shifty, she will look to have a, a little more pace opposition in this race. I thought the two's the one to beat. Uh, the one to bet, excuse me. And Alms might be the one to beat. Third start off the bench. Was behind a horse named Breeze Ryder last time out, who's an 11-time winner, who has won four of the last five, just won a stakes at Turfway. You see, Brooke Marie has won three in a row. 2-7 in race five at Gulfstream Park. Anything around 7-2 will make a win on in a hurry. As I move to the sixth race, the Rampart, they'll go a mile on the main track here. It does not seem like there is that much speed on paper. I lean towards Dance D'Oro. She looks like the one to catch. 
She is going to be making her third start off the of the form cycle. She's proven at Gulfstream Park, and it just does not seem like she will have a lot of company up front. The number three, Dance Dioro, who is seven to two on the morning line. Anything around three to one is fine for a win wager. We move to the eighth. We're going to go price shopping in here. Now, if you're playing any exotics, the three Franks Rockettes, the one to beat. So you probably want to include Frank, but hook Frank up with Compensate, the number six. Most of these fillies just want to go. They all seem pretty one-dimensional, like they all want to be forwardly placed showing speed. Compensate can pass horses. And in fact, some of her bad races are just because she's too far back and she has to try to get involved in the race and show some tactical speed or something that's not really as much of her game. She was four wide chasing in a small field last time out. She was within she was within two though at the back of the leading group. She was chasing a field where the the pace setter, the top two pace setters ended up finishing one two. There was no passing going on. She should be able to settle and make a, a nice late run in here. I'm going to use the 6 and the 3 in all exotics. Compensate is 20 to 1 on the morning line. If she's anything around 8, I'll make a win wager. It's a great horse to use in stable duel because it will cost you nothing to include. In the ninth race, it's the grade 3. Harlan's Holiday, they'll go a mile and a 16th in here. Fearless is no doubt the one to beat. 8 to 5 on the morning line. If you're looking for like a, a you know an exotics... You know, single or something, but that's probably an obvious single that a lot of people will, will gravitate towards. Just not a whole lot of uh, endorsement for this race. I just always like kind of mentioning the stakes races at least. But in the 10th, the Fort Lauderdale, I like another bomb in here, the number 10, Order and Law. Let's dig into this guy a little bit. So he was claimed by Mike Maker uh, a couple starts back, and they tried the City of Hope mile with him right away. He ran into Mo Forza, smooth like straight, and hit the road. Grade 1 winner hit the road. Mo Forza, 7-time graded stakes winner, was 3-1 to one in the Breeders' Cup. Smooth like straight, grade 1 winner, was 2nd in the Breeders' Cup mile. Azul Coast, you see, he just won the grade 3 native diver. And on the October 23rd race in the Lure... Order and Law got squeezed out of a spot inside and was squeezed back to fourth. About two or three lengths off, was traveling really well, but had to wait behind. Moved up to third, was was inside while the one to two favorite was sitting second, just right off the pace, two lengths ahead. And Order and Law had to wait, angle around, and come all the way around and almost miss and just missed. Order and Law. I couldn't spit that out very well, huh? <laughs> Order-in-law looked good, is what I was trying to say. The number 10, 20 to 1 on the morning line. Anything around 8 will include... The horse to beat is Space Traveler, no doubt. So include Order-in-law and Space Traveler in your exotics there. Hook up the 10, 12 in a, in a lot of them. And that is Golfstream for Saturday. Best of luck Saturday at Golfstream as we head to Oaklawn for three best bets for Oaklawn Saturday. Get those past performances out. Races 7, 8, and 9 for Oaklawn for Saturday are where we've uh, found our best plays on the day. The 7th race, Maiden Special Weight Group in here. Six furlongs, the distance. These are two-year-old fillies. The four, Runaway Wife. Off of that really good debut at Churchill Downs, I think she's the one to beat. Mama's Gotta Run was behind Sweet Danny Girl and Famed, and she comes out of a really, really nice race last time out. She adds the blinks, and she gets Lasix for the first time. I'm going to play 4-7 in a lot of the rolling exotics. I'm going to hook those two up, 4-7s over all, all over 4-7s. Anything around 4-1, to one, I probably play the 4 Runaway Wife on the win end. 
in the eighth race at Oaklawn, we've got an allowance race, six furlongs, the distance. The number seven Mucho is really honest in that you kind of know what you're going to get from him. This is a good spot for him. He should probably show up with a really good account of himself. So I think he's kind of like a one to hold off. The four American mandate gelding for the first time here has the opportunity to sit a pretty nice trip. I like that effort last time out, and that was in the slop. This is a horse who it just seems a little bit better on the main track than on the turf, and I think if you cross out some of the grass races, you'll find overall a lot better form on the main for the number four, American Mandate. Eight to one on the morning line. Anything around five will make a win wager, and I'm going to use four, seven. So four, seven in the seventh, four, seven in the eighth. We go to the ninth. Guess where we're going right here? With the four. Title ready. Four, four, four in the Oakland 7th, 8th, and ninth for me on Saturday. This one is the Tinsel $200,000 stakes. And title ready is, is coming into this race in great form. You see the Dubai, this is a grade three winner early in January. Then goes to Dubai to run in the Dubai World Cup. Doesn't run all that well. That's fine. Just put a line right through it. Cross it out. He came back. In November, hadn't run from March to November. And in November, when we saw him show up, he was very, very good. He was beaten three quarters of a length. He had some legitimate trouble. He was kind of waiting for a seam. It was in a good group against South Bend in what's basically like a stakes kind of group, anyways. The number four title ready, who is nine to two on the morning line. Anything around three to one, and we'll make a win wager there. That is Saturday over at Oaklawn. Best of luck this weekend, Friday and Saturday, with your plays. We are going to head on over and start talking wrestling with Chad Cooper in a minute. Before we do, I want to let you know about Sarah Candles. So you want to set the mood. You're looking for something all natural. Soy wax. Non-toxic, baby. Since for every season. Now don't be afraid, baby. Just spell it out. And don't forget, promo code Gino gets you 10% off. Mm -hmm. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad. Cooper! Another edition of This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper. And Chad, there is a, a phenomenon sweeping the nation right now in the world of wrestling. Hook, 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 hook. hook. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Everybody loves Hook, Taz's son, who apparently is... Uh, he, he is the number one selling T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees right now. He's bumped CM Punk from this. So we got a hook debut last week. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> I got something like a cult following, isn't it? Yeah, I guess he knocked off Johnny Gargano, who's uh, on Pro Wrestling Tees now. So uh, uh, have we seen him on AEW Dynamite yet? No, Russell, no just Rampage. Rampage. Last week he came out, he had the like the presentation where he's sort of like a boxer, he kind of looked like a fighter. And you know, it's I think it was one of those things where, um, like a few months ago, somebody was just like, 
Hook is is awesome. And then everyone was just like, yeah, Hook is awesome. And then it was just like uh, everybody yeah. started running with it, you know, like one of those things. And I will say about about him, he does present himself very well as you know, he's obviously come from a, a wrestling family and someone who knows wrestling. And he does kind of look like a, he does look like a star out there. So I had to mention Hook. Shout out to him for. OK, being, no, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. wait just a second. So Go ahead. All the buzz is Hook. He's not on AEW Dynamite Wednesday night. Why would you not put him on Dynamite? And he's not on AEW Rampage Friday night. I don't understand that. You're, I mean, if if you yesterday, because we're recording on Thursday, so as of Wednesday, I had I had seen early Wednesday the thing that said Hook was the number one selling shirt. If you see right. that yesterday, like you know, Tony Khan saw that. He's all over the sure. internet. He's on the internet wrestling stuff like that. That's why people like Tony because he was a big wrestling fan before. He had to have seen that. He knew he knows that. So you're right. Like, why don't you have a little segment for him? Something. Let him just cut a promo on that. <laughs> I'm the number one selling shirt on pro wrestling tees. All you guys screw, you know, give him a little heat or something. I agree with you. Capitalize a little bit on that buzz, but no, hook maybe uh is sinking already. You know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I, I had to I had to with the hook, the hook which I, I love that freaking movie. When I was a kid, man, I used to watch that over and over with uh, Robin Williams. That was some good stuff. Run home, Jack. Run home. And one gentleman who's going to be staying home is KO, Kevin Owens. <laughs> a big, big, you see how I did that there, Chad? You see how I did I that? Did, I, little... thought you were, I, I thought you were going racehorse because I believe there was a big racehorse named Hook. Was, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, believe You're, so, right. Yeah. You're right. Um, but KO. Kevin Owens, we had been hearing for uh, a while that his contract was coming up. He had even teased on social media and on WWE TV a few times that, yeah, I could be leaving. But Kevin Owens has signed reportedly a massive deal, a multi-year deal to stay with the WWE. And I think I like this because I'm a big fan of Kevin Owens. I've had the privilege of calling Kevin in a match in like the small city of Monrovia over here, where there were like 40 people in that show, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And he is excellent in the ring. He checks all the boxes for what WWE wants because he's a guy that can cut great promos. He's really entertaining. He can host, you know, little in ring segment shows that they like. And he was the guy that a lot of people just kind of assuming he was going to end up in AEW, Chad. I uh, I think a lot of people assume that it uh, th- there were some broken hearts, and here a couple of days uh, after the deal, I'm hearing upwards to three million dollars. This contract was and awesome uh, for family. It, it, yeah, it, it, if that's the case, AEW is not going to you know with that size roster. There's no way they can do that. And I think you mentioned it. Uh, you know, he, he's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, th- this may be the last contract he signs with the WWE. A big one, right? This is like when you're negotiating in, in any in sport, football, baseball, basketball. You get that lot where it's like, okay, this is going to be my last big, big money deal where I'm still, you know, I still have some weight. And a lot of these guys are smart, guys and gals right now. They're smart because, hey, you got to understand right now. There's this dynamic between WWE and AEW, and and so it's going to make you worth a little bit more probably to both sides. It, that might not be there in five years. Right, right. You no, know? It might not be that like, oh, people can just kind of come and go, but it might not be that we're trying to steal them away, or it might not feel like it's as big a deal when someone shows up on the other show. But at the beginning, 
for the first couple years of this happening, it will. And uh, yeah, this was a big deal for Kevin Owens because, and it was, I think this was a big deal for WWE also, because let's be honest, Chad, there's been a lot of negative publicity for, um, for them as far as with their talent and a lot of the talents that they've released or let go, or maybe didn't give a big enough push to want them to stay. Adam Cole, we saw leave not long ago. You know, Aleister Black was someone who got released. We're seeing a lot of people show up on AEW. Even Johnny Gargano, who was another uh, one I wanted to mention. We don't really know what his future is. It doesn't. He didn't sign with WWE. He's not signed anywhere. Um, he's having fun doing some tw- Twitch streams. He's got some merchandise out there right now. I almost wonder if he's like, hey, my wife's pregnant. She's going to have a kid in February. Let's wait till after, and then I'll make my decision. It, it sort of feels like that's what he's doing. That's what it looks like to me. I mean, smart money. Make, uh, make a little money know, while you're at it, and then, sure, you know. Sure. He is someone who's really got a great personality. He's good on the Twitch streams, and he's got a great connection with the fans. So do a little bit online for the next couple months. Make sure you, you know, get a little, uh, a few bucks there. And then if you want to go back to WWE, great. If not, you go to AEW, you do whatever you want, but he's got some options now for, uh, for Johnny G. The, uh, another one, uh, Coop, Braun Strowman. Yeah. Showed up this weekend, which was kind of weird. Like there was really weird. A lot of buzz about that ring of honor final battle show. And you and I were kind of talking about, like you mentioned there were fans <laughs> and people crying and stuff it's like well where, where where have you been when this place needed your support like why weren't you watching shows and buying tickets and buying merch then and now you're going crazy because they're going out of business um and now they they're not completely out of business they're stopping for a while they said they may start back up in april but it did feel weird to see braun Strowman show up as the titan on on a final ring of honor show when, I mean, they don't have anything else planned. We don't really know where Braun's going next. It got a little bit of buzz out there, but it did kind of seem like a weird, a weird spot for him. Everybody getting those paychecks, right? <laughs> yeah. Honor. Uh, you know, it. it uh, who was it? Bandito? Is that that's their champion who tested positive for COVID? And that week, or earlier in the week, and had to pull out. And then Jay Lethal was placed in the main event. I think Tony Khan said, oh, we're going to lean, lend help, and blah, blah. It's like, oh, great. You know, the AEW jobbers out there. I, I just, if you, I, here's the thing. The word is they're going to try to restart and rebrand in April. I, I just, I don't know. I guess shutting it down and starting over, uh, then I see some guys and girls with some of their titles um, were having title changes. What if they don't come back? I, I saw some of the talent say, well, I guess these titles really don't mean anything. Then Deanna Perrazzo was there from Impact um, saying she wants the ROH title, which is, being, is held by Roxy, which is a young girl that's from from here in Texas, and I, I'm just going to call this right now. Deanna will win that title here pretty soon, and she probably will win it at an Impact type taping. I think maybe Impact will do it there, maybe or maybe even NWA doesn't. I'm not sure, but it's just weird to try to figure out 
the show was good. The show was fine. I didn't watch it. I followed it on Twitter. But it's just weird to see these these people show up now for one event, knowing that because the buzz won't be there in April. No, <laughs> Who knows a, it's over now. Where we're gonna be at in April? Right? The buzz is over so, now. You got it for a few a days. Cheap, a cheap yeah. pop, a nice paycheck because from what you and I have been reading, Braun is very expensive to bring. Demanding, in. yeah, yeah, he's and, he's uh, he looked great. The photos, he looked great. The video, he looked phenomenal. You know, but. But it does for ROH again. ROH was was wasn't a company that ever put on bad wrestling. It it was on even years ago. It was on weird time slots every week. You didn't know if it was a repeat or not. They Their weren't run well. Were fine. Yeah, they just they're, it was it was a mess. It was really messy. You couldn't this kind follow of, it. This kind of remind this is like a microcosm of everything, right? The way they ended here with like now you're bringing in Braun Strowman now. Like, why didn't you <laughs> book him for the show? You know what I mean? Like, at least right, as right. a surprise, if you would have at least booked him for the show, you would have gotten some more buys or people that were interested in in looking at the paper or, you know, in your final show. It's just, yeah, very, very weird. Because now, like you said, he shows back up in April. Is it wor- Was that worth it? Like, are there going to be that many? It just, it came off weird to me. A uh, couple of sad pieces of news to discuss. So, um. Fingers crossed for Jeff Hardy. We've talked about it a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Jeff Hardy's had a lot of uh, drug, alcohol problems through the years. Uh, the, apparently, just a, about a week and a half ago, he was taken off WWE uh, because he was at an event and he did not look good. Now, Matt has said that he's doing pretty well, but that's just always someone we want to keep an eye on and monitor because, man, we love Jeff. He, Man, Jeff has been wrestling for, like, you and me for more than Forever. half of our lives three core like such a big part of our lives from the late 90s to now um so and, you know and he was just getting another opportunity it felt like um so sad news there and i think the young bucks actually posted a picture of him on their twitter bio like they always do you know they start trolling they put jeff hardy on there so you know we'll see but um always sad for jeff and then one more sad Piece of news, uh, Chad, Jimmy Rave Passed away, and man This was a guy who He had been wrestling since he was like 16, yeah, really Early, and he was in Ring of Honor, he was in TNA, he was all Over the independents, he had Bad problems, I mean he had to have I think a leg amputated And things were just really Really getting getting bad for him and unfortunately I think he was still in his late 30s When he passed away so a very Very young guy And uh, just sad sad news Yeah that's terrible, so young I saw a lot of talent uh, On social media this week uh, Paying their respects Uh, Again just a uh, It's a hard industry man We say it all the time every week uh, and you see why, you know, Kevin Owens signs this massive contract. And, you know, Monday night he took a nasty bump that he said was probably the worst bump that he, he did take it. And yeah. he's taking some crazy bumps. That oh my gosh! Seen in Ring of Honor. And for that, for that one to stand out for him, Honor. that that tells you a lot, man. That tells Ooh. you a lot. Um, so very, very sad news. Sport. Sad news about Jimmy. Sad news about Jeff. Um. Prayers for Jimmy's family And do, I do believe there's GoFundMe and stuff out The accounts out there so if you'd like to donate um, You can, you can uh, do so 
One more little piece of news before we get into our TV show uh, recaps. So this is way, way uh, far away, but the rumors are already out there that WWF likes MJF. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> said that, you know, they may be willing to make a big offer to him in a few years. So it'll be, you know, we just opened the show talking about Kevin Owens and and him staying in WWE, not going to AEW. There are going to inevitably be a couple of these people from AEW that go back to WWE. And when the first couple of them do, it'll feel like a pretty big deal because everybody wants to go to the new exciting company. But like in any company, not everything's going to be roses forever. I think AEW seems like they do a really good job of the way they treat their talent, the way they treat their fans. But you can be treated greatest in the world if you're not getting your tv time or if you're not getting the push that you think you deserve a lot of people are probably going to still have some some gripes about their time in aew even if they're tony khan's the greatest boss in the world and they're treated really well right a lot of it comes down to your worth and if they look around and it's like hey i'm sorry we got cm punk here we got brian danielson here we've got cody and kenny and these guys that are going to be on tv there's just not a lot of room for you and i'm looking at their schedule went on their website to look at their schedule and they they don't they don't run weekends house shows like wwe does so they run wednesday nights which are live uh going over the next couple of months they're going to take rampage with the with dynamite there there's a few places that have a friday night rampage live if i if i was reading correctly their next pay-per-view is not until maybe march um, it's not till March. I think they have that Battle of the Belts show in there. Battle of the Belts. There's a couple of special shows that will be there, but you're, you know, your opportunities are basically before or after Dynamite and Rampage on Dark and Elevation. I, I just, it's it, look, you're going, we're going to get an AEW guy that is going to flip. It's Mm -hmm. it it will happen sooner rather than later. Who I have no idea. You know the MJF stuff's fun because you know this guy is is probably uh, other than what we saw with with Brian Danielson and knowing that. But an original AEW, he's probably the guy, the hot guy, and he has sustained. Mm -hmm. There's been a couple of interesting down periods with him, but that's that's. That's every worker. Yeah, he's been pretty, um, pretty towards the pretty top. Consistent. Yeah, yeah, pretty consistently. So, like so on sure, TV, I, you know. I would love, love to float that out there, but I, I'm. We're going to see someone flip brands, and uh, if you just look at their roster, there's so many people on this roster. And then when you have a show like you did Wednesday night, when one match takes up an hour, you're not going to have a lot of uh, an opportunity. Yeah. And it just it just seems like a lot of opportunities are, are flashing these people by by and, and and I'll tell you this, Gino, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I, I was a huge, massive Orange Cassidy fan. Yeah, well, what happened to I, him? I, you know, this guy had an, an interesting gimmick. He was in a main um, event. Dude, I, I signing with AEW, finally the world is going to get to see this gimmick. This guy was picking and choosing where he was able to go in the Indies. Jericho, price Omega, Miro. He, he was against big guy. And he yeah. is, he has hit just rock bottom there. That gimmick's just not really over. So 
my my point being there's going to be a lot of opportunity here for people to test the waters you know that gimmick probably doesn't work in wwe how about some of the guys like the kazarian the uh you know the scorpio sky the ethan pages you know you know they 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 have they get a little like you know they had a little a, a match page and sky did recently but you have these these guys who kind of feel like hey you know, aren't you told us that you like us, that you think a lot of us, that we're really talented, but how come we don't get the opportunity where we still sort of feel like we're in a, you know, in like a lower, lower part of the card spot. So, and, and again, like what we were saying with Kevin Owens, we, we try to predict, but we don't know what all these people's motivations are and everyone's are different. Some people for them, it's money for other people. It's, Hey, I have money. I've been on TV. I just want to go and be happy. Sure. Right. And I can totally sure. understand that. And then for other people, it's, you know what, and eh, you know, I want to go get a big payday now for my family, or I want to go be on TV on WWE because hell, when I was a kid, I wanted to be in WrestleMania and that's still what I want to do. You just, you just don't know. And so that's, what's kind of cool about, about this is like everyone's motivations might be a little bit different as, uh, I'm, the- you know, what's really, really interesting. What are we year three? Is this going to be year four with AEW or are we going into year three? I think we're year three on TV, year four overall, right? Because they okay. had that first year where they weren't, you know, they did the first show, but they weren't on TV yet. Right. They were waiting for that okay. TV deal, I think. Well, what's interesting is, is um, with AEW, you know, there there was some rough spots where there was some talent that made headlines for the wrong reasons. And AEW righted the ship, so to speak, and got rid of that talent. But you just don't hear I, – I don't know if it's dirt sheets or you-know-who, but you just don't hear a lot of negative stuff come out of that locker room. No. Now, I've had some talent say, you know, tell tell me some things off the record, but, you know, WWE stuff, that stuff just comes out every day. That's like a leak know, all over the place. Right? I'll say this, AEW's done a fantastic job either controlling that, the narrative is controlled, or it truly is, mm-hmm. you know, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory back yeah, I was going to say. That it's, everyone it's, is legitimately happy. At least they're not kicking their kickers, right? Wow. We're finding and, out. And, and, and firing the head coach at, what, what 1.30 a.m. Central Time? That was what, such a I, funny what, news what, dump from Sean. We'll, he was we'll, just like, we'll slide this in. Bloop, nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was talking to a buddy and he said, Well, if this was uh, this was Sunday night, and he said, Well, if, if Jacksonville loses to the to the Texans, he's fired. And I just laughed. I said, I the guy may not make this week. Yeah. Said, oh my god, the news comes out, this guy kicking kickers. It was just a horrible hire. And what's funny that. is as, as soon as that news came out, that 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 line jumped like two points because everybody yeah. knows that the Jags are going to play a lot better without him. Yeah, you know? they're going to open up the offense. Uh, Robinson's going to get like 25 carries like 25 he should. Carries. You know, like, they're gonna, oh, man, should be, <laughs> should be fun. Well, let's jump on into WWE. And we get to sometimes you get these combinations of people together and you didn't realize how beautiful it was going to be and that's how i feel with brock lesnar and Sami Zayn. it's like the canadian alphas who would have ever <laughs> thought that these two guys together would be so entertaining but they are sammy comes out he's in his wheelchair he's you know he's selling all the injuries and then brock um brock comes out and interrupts and uh 
Brock, <laughs> Brock is kind of playing around with Sammy a little bit, having fun with him. Paul Heyman interrupts and says, who are you? Basically, where is the Brock Lesnar that would have put this guy, you know, in the hospital? And so Roman isn't around tonight on SmackDown. Roman Ooh. is uh, in a one week sabbatical <laughs> training for WWE day one on the Isle of Samoa. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, so when Heyman kind of got back into his Brock Lesnar, it was almost like. It was like when, uh, you know, somebody creates a, a monster and they've got the code word for the monster. It's like when you put someone in a trance, you know, and you say, uh, Brock. And that was like what sparked Brock Lesnar. His eyes went red again. <laughs> he started throwing everybody around, all the security. He put Sammy da- Zayn out. And um, the the chemistry with these two guys were, were was really, really great. And you could tell that. Paul Heyman likes Sammy too From a lot of the stuff yeah. that I've read He's one of the guys that he's like always really wanted to push And so them working together This is just a lot of fun man I, I enjoy yes. Lesnar and, and this version of Lesnar right now Yeah I gave praise to Sammy last week uh, Again Haven't been as big a fan of his But uh, what he's been doing It started with the egg And uh <laughs> And they're the Canadian alphas, man. I just never knew it could be, but he and Brock are the Canadian alphas and I love it. <laughs> so we continue on from SmackDown. We got uh Nakamura and Boogs beating Los Lotharios, which is just I don't know what's going on here. Me neither. Like, why isn't Nakamura in anything involved with the IC title and in a feud there? Like if you don't want him then then why have him be the champ? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this is, I just don't know what we're doing uh, with this. I mean, we haven't seen him in a singles match in I don't know how long, and now it seems like these two teams are in a a rut with each other now. And I was digging Los Lotharios, too. I, I thought, okay, being drafted to SmackDown, I like these two guys. Uh, uh, this is... You've just been in the books. same thing. His, his pop is yeah. gone, too. I know. We got we to gotta figure something figure else out, out here. Yeah, yeah this, is, this isn't much. Um, we go to Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre, and as you would imagine, with uh, with these two guys, great match. They go at it. Uh, we get Drew with the win. Now, wh- where was uh, where was our guy? Where was Sheamus's boy here to help save him? Oh save yeah, him? yeah. Right? Where, where's uh, Ridge where's Ridge? That's what I was wondering. Um. Just- yeah, this was this was a little weird. I, no problems with the match. No, uh, not at all. I, I, we keep bringing up the sword too, right? Angela, Virginia, Angela, Angela. I don't know. What it is. Virginia, <laughs> that was great. We don't know that. Virginia's for lovers. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what is going on? That's so uh, funny. <laughs> I, you know, here, look, I'm a SmackDown guy, and it just has seemed like since the draft. Their shows haven't been solid from start to finish like no, they normally are. Really inconsistent. Right? Are you like, noticing hit, this too? Hit miss, hit miss spot, and it's just because the they got they flipped a lot of their really good talent to Raw, yeah. And so just sure. a lot of the Raw segments are a little more interesting than they were before because the the players that are in them, um, you know, like we got Matt, like Madcap Moss. Give me a break here. I hate Madcap Moss. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there either. No, no. At, at least we got 
um a, a little with with you know more with the the Naomi and Sonya. Sonya looked fantastic in her. She looked in fantastic, her... and that yeah, that entrance for uh, Zia Lee was phenomenal. That was one of the coolest. It was really things. cool. So the the heels are uh, Natty, Shayna, and Deville are all teaming up against Naomi, and here comes the music for Zia Lee, and Zia Lee comes out and. I'm telling you, as someone who loves like the Marvel and MCU stuff, this was straight out of like Shang Chi. The stuff that that like the oh, yeah. look of it, it was awesome, and it looked like Mortal Kombat, like Sub Zero. This is exactly what I was thinking. Like that, she comes out and in her entrance, she kind of poses, and it's like this e- energy force is being created as she comes out. And I saw a lot of people who are even you no know, rip WWE a lot that thought this was cool. And visually, it looked really, really cool. So, and, and yeah, shout out there for them uh, making sure that at least when she debuted and she showed up, she looked really good doing it. So, uh, Lee, Zia Lee, and Naomi stood tall um, there. We got Charlotte versus Tony, and this was a championship contender match. <laughs> now, hey, you know, a few weeks ago. We didn't like the the pie stuff. It was a little too much. Tony getting the pie in the face. We were worried about it. But she has not been a complete afterthought in this at all. No. They've actually made her like a legitimate contender against Charlotte. Do I think she's going to win? No. But it's great to see her and Liv as these new girls who are really talented, who we know if they're given the opportunity, can run with it. And they, it just feels fresh with both of them getting the opportunity. So, hey, I like Tony Storm. When she's on the t- when she's on my TV and she's in a high-profile spot, I like it. And I'm excited to see her and Charlotte moving forward. Yeah, I think they need to give her uh, a Liv moment match like Liv had, uh, what, two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. Hopefully we <laughs> get that on day yeah. one. I-, I think she deserves it. She's a really good – I mean, no offense, she- she's probably better in-ring than – than Liv is absolutely. Um, she is one of the best in ring, maybe absolutely. in the entire division. Because actually, Good. Sasha was putting her over on Friday when she came up and said, "Look, you've yeah. wrestled all over the world, all these different styles. You can do it all." That's that's honest. She actually she can. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think the hopefully they get a good spot. Uh, hopefully that match is made for day one. I know we're coming up on it. We're two weeks away. Uh, next Friday's Christmas Eve. Then the week after that's. New Year's Eve, so hopefully they get a, a, a pretty good match there. What did you think about the recrowning of King Woods? <laughs> the, the, I do laugh. <laughs> it makes me laugh, you know, a lot of the stuff it does. They had the group of guys backstage, just like Ricochet, and then back there, they're going to get a recrown him. It, he does make me giggle, honestly. Like, it's, it's, and I like, I think because I, knowing how much Xavier's into this stuff, like I'm okay, I'm okay easier with it. To buy. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know that he is he's either pushing this or he's so embracing it and loves this that I'm okay with it. With both the king and the queen gimmick, it, it it starts to weigh on you after a while if you don't go more with it. But what I do like about what they've done with both Xavier and Zelina is they've they've treated them like this is a push. 
Yes. They've won. They've started yes. winning matches now, and they both feel like a much bigger deal after winning the King of the Ring and the Queen of the Ring than they did before. So, I mean, the New Day end up getting a win in what was a an excellent triple oh, threat fine. tag team really match good. where we got RK Bro versus the Usos versus the New Day there, and uh, the New Day end up getting the victory. Sir Kofi and King Xavier celebrate afterwards. As uh, yeah, this is. I mean, this with those six guys in the ring, you'd imagine it was it was going to be great, and and it was. Yeah, it was the, the the build up to get Orton in the tag was pretty good too. Into the match, that, that was that was good. It it was fun. It was good to see RK Bro, you know, on SmackDown. Uh, definitely no problem with them three. Um, it, it'll be interesting. We'll have one live. I assume they probably won't be live next Friday night. You know, these holiday shows, as you and I both say, are sometimes really eh. You know, mm. you really don't know. Gonna get a, a miracle on 34th Street fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really funny. Yeah, um, I, like I, I do expect the day one pay per view to be really good. Yep, really I agree. good. I really do. I think it, this is a major. Am I? You know, look, it, it's no WrestleMania or or uh, Royal Rumble, but I expect that to be really, really good. Think about the. the- Brock Roman with a four-way that we're going to get We're going to talk about right now on the men's side The two women's matches should, should be really, be really good. solid yeah. Really good individually yeah. too and a, and a lot of fun and and like a, and time for them So right there you got four matches that you're looking forward to And then the tags and like the mid-card stuff will always be really solid Like the in-ring work is good But those are some uh, some matches that have some intrigue Because yeah, and I don't think anybody what? thinks Brock's going to beat Roman right now But it's like what's going to happen with that? No, I don't think anyone thinks Brock's just losing clean there. Yeah, and I think you're only going up against one football game too. I think the mm-hmm. Sugar Bowl is that night, and I think the Rose Bowl is earlier that day. And in you know the semifinals are on uh, what New, New Year's, Year's Eve, yeah. right? So I mean Baylor and Ole Miss, which will be fun, but I mean it's not like a no, <laughs> no, not like a national you know, powerhouse type not, game, right? So I, not I, Alabama. I think this is. We give WWE a lot of crap, and we give AEW a lot of crap. But I tell you what, WWE deserves um, uh, some pats on the back what they what they've been able to do. Look, their cuts suck, and I don't understand a lot of it. <laughs> I don't understand why we're still waiting on Veer uh, Mahan uh, <laughs> again, who's coming to Raw um, from where? This this day one pay per view on Peacock should be pretty exciting. It should be really good. Let's get on over to Raw As whether or not you liked the story I always do enjoy when they have a a story that runs throughout the show And this week was about Bobby Lashley And we had talked about this in previous weeks How it felt like Bobby Lashley was getting primed up for a babyface turn And it kind of feels this way too um, With what we saw towards the end of the show That they may be getting him set up for I'm not sure who they want to uh, place him against, you know, heel wise, but he's definitely not being a dastardly heel, or he's at least being kind of set up against some of the other heels here. They were going to give uh, Lashley a chance to win his way in to the WWE title match, but um, he had to beat all three of Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Big E. Now, I, I kind of have some mixed feelings on this. Like, okay. I think. First of all, so for the show, it's good. 
Like it's entertaining These guys have their matches It's fine I, I don't like the having guys lose matches Right before they're going to be in a world title match But um, So I don't love that But everything that happened in these matches All kind of fit their characters you know, Kevin Owens was doing the Kevin Owens thing. Seth Rollins, he taps, like, it's such a heel, he taps out before you can even apply any pressure. Immediately, right? you know, yeah, he's like, "I'm not gonna get." I'm, and so <laughs> that was where I was. It wasn't just like Lashley just dominated his way through everybody. Like they played into their personality a little bit more. Um, all the but you were kind of hitting on this too, and I hadn't felt it as much until this week was the first week that I really felt it. Big E just felt like such an afterthought this week He really did Like, and If you think about the feud I mean it felt like they were building Bobby Lashley And then it felt like you know, Kevin Owens was kind of doing his Weasley stuff Throughout the night And Seth is kind of being annoying And then you got Big E just kind of there And maybe, maybe that's just because he's the champ uh, And they're all trying to take it from him But he didn't feel Quite as hot As I don't know about all three of them But at least Lashley and and, and quite as uh, as hot maybe as he had been In my opinion at least in prior weeks So um, I, I think this match will be really good And I guess we could talk about You know all of this stuff throughout Monday Night Raw What did you think about this the, the show wide story What did you think about the matches <laughs> And how we, we're going to have uh, Lashley entered into this uh, Fatal 4 way now for day one I hate always agreeing with you But we've always said we like when things Keep us captive Keep our attention throughout Raw and they do a good job with this. And I liked the part that the main event meant something um, that the show opened with. Uh, didn't mind the Kevin Owens part. Uh, really didn't mind Seth Rollins losing real quick. Uh, it was what, you know, quote uh, via DQ because Kevin Owens is involved. And that's still kind of weird because Seth is really a good heel. But he may be turning into a baby face here pretty soon, I think. Um I don't like champions losing. Uh, I don't care who the champion is. I don't. Um, it just, I, I'm going to say it again. I don't feel that Big E run with this championship has been very good. I feel like Bobby Lashley has been more, this show showcased him again, uh, how good he is. And this guy should be your champion. This guy may walk out of day one with your title. I, I thought where they messed up with WrestleMania, I thought that Big E and Lashley should have went directly into a program. Remember, I think Lashley was off of, or maybe it was Lashley was, he was the champion. He was off of TV for a and while. We they had to push him into the Goldberg thing. Yeah, and it was it was the Goldberg, and maybe he was out for COVID too. I just felt like this really hurt Big E. And right now, Big E's run, as popular as he is, I don't think it feels as important as what Bobby Lashley's line of work is doing right now. No, no, it doesn't. You know? And um, so they got to, like we said, I don't know if it was, it kind of feels like towards the end of what was happening with Drew also, when it was like, well, it's not like Big E's doing anything wrong. It's it's just sort of like Lashley's kind of a little a little hotter right now for some reason. And, and he was... Um, Someone who he's always continued to do good work, so we'll see where they go here. I'm 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 curious because now with Kevin Owens re-signing as Kevin Owens, someone an option that they want to have. I, I think I said to you, I don't know what made me go this way, but I would love a KO Edge feud. 
I feel like they would have a lot of fun with each sure. other. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that that could be a good match for either a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam. And and they could, you know, a no DQ match and they could get a little crazy and, and I feel like they'd cut some good promos. So we'll see what happens. But I love all these guys in this fatal four way. I think this match will be incredible and hopefully we can get something to kind of spark Biggie. Maybe one of these these feuds become a little more personal for him and, and you know, there's something more to sink your teeth into there. Man, I'd love to see him turn heel. Right? He could be a really badass dude. You can kind of, the New Day, you know, they're on SmackDown. You're like, hey, what are you doing? So it really wouldn't, I don't I don't know. They're, they're definitely, I would rather him have a shot doing that than Lashley take the title off of him. Because I don't think Rollins or KO is going to win it, right? No, I don't think so either. They don't, if they are winning it, they're a total placeholder and they're losing it right away. Yeah. For like, for the next guy. But I don't, and I don't see Rollins winning it than losing it quickly. No, no. So, yeah, I mean, I guess when we don't know in wrestling, sometimes that's good. We'll see where we go over the next few weeks moving to day one. Um, Otis picks up a win. <laughs> How about that over, uh, over Riddle. Um, I mean, Riddle's lost a couple recently. So I think they're, they're really telling that like Riddle getting a little too goofy, maybe not focusing enough. And that might be where they end up turning, but they've been pretty fun. We got the shaman riddle who's on NXT uh, also <laughs> pulling like out riddle. Riddle, tells, riddle tells Orton, Hey, we need to be podcasters. Like, you know, <laughs> so yeah, they were talking about McAfee's massive deal with, you know, who <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That was really good. That was funny. That was good stuff. As uh, yeah, Otis got the win there. Um, so, they're building the Otis and Gable Alpha Academy. We got Bianca Dewdrop. Bianca gets the win. There, good. This is this the best we've seen from Dewdrop for sure in the ring yeah. too. And, and yeah. rumor has it, Gino. Rumor has it that WWE's filed a trademark for her name, Piper Nevin. So nice. hopefully, if that is true, hopefully we finally get the change because this is this is really good and. Guess what? Neither one of these ladies are in the title picture right now. And they're putting on fantastic matches. This this was probably their best one. It was really good. So, uh, yeah, we talked about how Lashley and uh, had the uh, the matches against uh, everyone individually. The we got the Veer Mahan is coming soon. God. And then uh, Becky Lynch. <laughs> I mean, people have been joking about Veer. It's like, is he walking from India? Is he walking? Lance yeah. Is he walking? <laughs> Uh, so Becky comes out We've got uh, She says Liv disappointed the fans She shows the angry Liv girl on the big screen She says get used to it And um, Then Liv comes out And she shows a photo of Becky using the tights To win And she said the, Liv's the, uh, Becky's the best at cheating To win She said that she cried last week Because she's human and she was disappointed And she said she snapped out of it Because she knows she can beat Becky And she believes it And um, I mean I think that What we're getting from Liv here is really good You know she's showing that Hey I belong here Liv Morgan absolutely Is a top tier Women's wrestler And is very good in the ring She's improving quite a bit And she's really solid on the mic now And I mean she's not ever had Moments like this She's not had a lot of reps like this This is a big deal for her to go out there and to shine like this Uh, What 
Becky is so popular. Whether she tries to be a heel, she is. It's funny because Seth is. She says, uh, "I'm going home to my my baby my, and my hot ass boyfriend." Or was it? And he's he's got a match here coming up. I thought that was pretty funny. But she she tries to be a heel, and then Liv is just so popular, especially on social media. But kudos for WWE letting her run, uh, run with this. We know she's probably not going to win. It would be fan, a fantastic story if she did, and maybe let her have the title for a week, and then Becky wins it back or whatever. I, I don't know what they're doing. But she's done well with it, and she tries really hard, yep. and I think she really loves what she does. You see the promos with her. You've watched the the documentary about her and her family. It's really compelling. If you haven't, go watch the Liv Morgan story. I think it's whatever it is, the, the 24-7, maybe it's her. I can't remember what that one's called, but it's really, really good. It will make you appreciate her even more. We um, Let's see where we were next. Oh, uh <laughs> AJ and Omos talked a bit Just a, a quick promo uh, AJ says he's not going to give up on this team And Omos agrees They walk off So seems like they're You know We've got the I think with him With Omos and AJ With Riddle and Orton Riddle and Orton still feel like They've got a little more left to go Omos and AJ It's like I almost feel like it's played out With these guys yeah. now yeah. Um, it, I, I feel like so many of us just want AJ kind of back in a main event place, you know. A- AJ is someone who is so good, and you can slot anywhere. And who knows if Omos is ready to be on his own yet? But there's more you can do with AJ, no doubt about it. And we know hey, Omos. People got really pumped about him when you put him across from Lashley. This is a big guy who, uh, if you you set him up and put him in the right spot, I just let's let's. Have some direction with them They seem like they're just kind of floundering I feel like there's a lot of these people right now That are just kind of It's it's sort of in that mode In that time period, Chad Where it's like they're kind of floundering Until the rumble uh, Yeah I, I, It's so hard with big men And AJ is so small So you can't have a feud with them Omos would basically have to just like crush him AJ goes off of TV for a while You know And AJ is such I again, the the WWE universe loves this guy, and it's another one. He's not a spring chicken. There's not a whole lot of time left for for AJ. Maybe he's dealing with injuries. I'm not sure here, but this needs to change in a hurry too. I yes. hey, look again. We 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 know the crowd can get behind Omos. We saw him and him and Lashley get a massive pop, you know, a couple of months ago in a WWE ring. So I, I just. It feels like, hey, I, you know, he said, hey, I'm not giving up on us. Are you giving up on us? And it just, uh, we've given up on y'all, AJ. <laughs> I have. It's a bummer. Come on, AJ. This is a guy who could be main eventing WrestleMania. Let's get him back there. Another guy who kind of, uh, you know, he's just floundering about right now is Finn Balor. Finn and Priest yeah. versus the, the Dirty Dog, Ziggler. Dirty Dog. The dirty, with the, nah. dirty dog, Gino. the dirty dogs picked up another victory here. Uh, now, Priest does not lose at all. So this was no. kind of crazy that his team lost. Now Finn got got pinned here, and I wonder if they're going maybe somewhere with Finn and Priest in this. Um, 
and maybe you you think they're kind of holding off theory finn uh, like I wonder if we get like, Theory is probably going to be in the mix too I think there too because but I, I wonder Vince if tells him, Vince tells him That's not impressive it's still not Impressive a, a pencil With an eraser is impressive Or something yeah. use that I, I thought That was odd I, I agree I don't know if It means anything but I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Theory and Finn the problem Is they kind of look like each other I know they do WWE Hates that stuff so I, I don't know what's going on here I wouldn't mind Finn and Priest going at it Finn needs think, some kind of a tweak right now He's just Because he was awesome he was right when he came up Smackdown on Smackdown With Roman, with yeah. Roman it was We all, we for Rock. a minute we were like Is Finn going to beat Roman? Like you he's know gonna, what I mean? Like, is he going to win this damn thing? There were, like, we asked that question for a second There was like 5% of us that were believing that And um yeah, so I mean, we'll see. Good for the the dirty dogs to continue to stack some wins up. Uh, Queen Zelina, she stacks up uh, another win here. She ends up rolling up Rhea Ripley for the poor victory. Rhea. <laughs> uh, poor, yeah, poor Rhea. No doubt Ooh. about that. That was uh, n- not not great. Um, we continued along with the uh, yeah some of the Vince Austin theory stuff as uh you you, you hit on that. He told him that. He, he, you know, this is an eraser. This is the most important part. So <laughs> Vince can uh, can set anything up, or he can erase your future with just one <laughs> swift move of the pencil. There, I, one of my favorite parts of the uh, of the show was the the Miz segment where Miz comes out, Miz TV, but Maurice is hosting, and she she looks great. She looks just Ooh, great. God, um, and when they're together, there's just some it's just the Miz feels like such a bigger deal with her. He does. He does. You know? He does. And so Maurice for Miz Miz play they play a video package with a look at the Miz's journey to where he is now. And and they present Miz as the their official endorsement for him as the next inductee of the whole <laughs> that was this was unbelievable they just i was literally laughing she, cried. she was crying as she she's watching crying, this dude. video and it's the whole video of the miz and how they met and like all these things through the years and i mean it's a great video right you would imagine it's <laughs> wwe stuff but she's crying and they're all booing this is so great. Miz is talking about what a career I've had, and they raise a toast to champagne and said <laughs> you're gonna beat WWE Hall of Famer Edge at day one and send him back into retirement. And then we get the you think you know me on this day. <laughs> I see clearly. Here comes Edge, and he is uh he's a annoy he annoys goes crazy and at Miz does the little You think you know me You think you know it to Edge which that, that's, I think that's good That popped Edge for a minute too But I love the way Edge is Sort of acting in this feud He says yeah. look Miz You're going to get all the accolades you deserve Just shut up We all know how good you are But we, you're insecure You're afraid um, Miz says I was afraid of the old Edge Not this Edge so, which, which is great So he's saying that he's older He's not you know, has as got as much of a, a, a quote-unquote edge anymore As uh, Miz tosses champagnes in Edge's face And Edge fights back 
He hits Miz with the DDT And Ed starts clearing the ring He's throwing tables and chairs all over And he gets ready to spear Miz As he goes to run to do the spear Miz grabs Maurice And pulls her in front of him Which is something that Miz used to do all the time And Miz Maurice never really minded But now they've got kids They've got multiple kids now Koopa Loop So this is different <laughs> And uh, she is Furious Edge kind of stops because he doesn't want to hit her Then Miz hit, uh, nails the skull crushing finale And Miz and Maurice you know, Run out of the ring But she is arguing with him She's running away from him She is pissed So there are, are layers to this Which I like um, You know I wasn't expecting Miz and Maurice to kind of get into it a little bit here, but it the the use of Maurice so much like we gotta be Beth is gonna be showing up somewhere right next week. Yeah, or, it, yeah, and I, I I like that we're just not instantly went into it. I know a lot of people want you know last Monday in Memphis when I still keep hearing it when Miz goes, my wife's back in. Hollywood and she's not going to show up Memphis I know a lot of people wanted I know a lot of people wanted Beth and Maurice to show up then uh, But then the build is gone what, what they did with Maurice And now there's some heat between the two uh, It's even better You know she's like I was reading her lips I'm the mother of your children You know don't do this to me And I, it was just great She's amazing as you said, when they're together, they're a really big deal, and this was probably the best segment again on on Raw. It's just really good, and again, it's something to look forward to on Monday night to see if she's going to be there, what Miz is going to say, is Beth showing up. I don't know when Beth shows up. I don't think we need her right now. I think we need to see do – do we need to see a match between Edge and Miz – before and then we get the two ladies Beth. involved. I think you and I yeah. agree on that. We do. We need. Yes. We need Maurice to get involved in that match. Yeah, she's got to cheat and then help him cheat, and that's when Beth has to come out for the save. So we got a day one. It right. We can't yeah. wait till they till wrestle at day Rumble one. For that. I think that's what we do. Day one is Edge Miz. Royal Rumble is the mixed tag. I think. I think is how we do it because then both, like I was saying, both of those women can also be in the Royal Rumble. On that show you could use all four Of these guys all four of them To have a match at rumble a tag Match earlier on the card and then You can put them both in their rumbles in their Respective rumbles that way That'll be done and then you probably Don't have to have them have a mania match If you have them have the match at day One the match at rumble they can kind Of go in different directions for mania That's how I would do it Um, And yeah I, I, I like this a lot edge Again another major shout to him like all the work Edge is doing at this point in his career is excellent. I think about all the stuff with Rollins was so good, and a lot of the Orton stuff. One or two of the matches may have gone on a little long, but it was really good work throughout. So, again, uh, great stuff from Edge. As we move along to NXT 2.0, we've got uh, this. This episode was a lot about Grayson Waller. We saw, yeah, and he's growing a little bit on me. You know, um, he's annoying And it's it's like uh, But it's not really go away heat It was maybe for a minute But it's kind of becoming more and more Of just like, I want to see this guy get punched out Which is which it's supposed to So Opening package kind of shows him last week Beating up Johnny Gargano and leaving him laying 
But we kick off the show with a match right away Our no holds barred match Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson Who's got the wig and the and the headgear And the, and the wig on here <laughs> The Kurt Angle As uh, Cameron Grimes Gets the win He hits the spiked Hurricane Rana And then uh, the cave-in Into the chair We see Grimes doing these fun Goofy segments And I think people forget how damn good this guy is in the ring Yes, very, very, very good. I, I what, what do you, as we dawn into a new era with, uh, with NXT 2.0, before we really, really get deep into this, so I was, I was looking at some stuff. The change was pretty shocking, right? They, they, they've lightened everything up. It, it's out with the old, in with the new. Uh, they're 100% behind Grayson Waller. Uh, but before we get into the meat of, of this particular show, Gino, are you completely, are you satisfied with NXT every week or do you feel it, it, it it's too much WWE and, uh, raw SmackDown writing involved with it heading into this week's show? What, do, what is your overall perception with, with NXT 2.0? Yeah, it, there's more that I like on it than I don't, but there are Definitely some things that feel Wow like they are So regurgitated from the playbook Of WWE that That people when they watched NXT Didn't feel before Two or three years ago NXT Didn't feel like it was exactly like What you were seeing on Monday or on Friday and I don't And I think this NXT is a lot Like what you see on Monday and Friday Not 100% And what I do still like about it is the new faces and the younger people seeing them get the chance to to shine, to grow up, to, wow, like really improve in short periods of time. Um, But I get get where you're going in that NXT felt different. That was what, what made it unique compared to Raw and SmackDown. This NXT doesn't feel as different. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just doesn't feel all that different. It just feels like younger people, and that's what they, that's what WWE wanted. But I can understand why some fans may not be as interested, and maybe they're going to get that itch scratch from AEW now. What they used to get from from NXT, you know? Do you do you feel the ratings uh, are are justified? I think with the ratings, yes, because it sort sort of happened out of nowhere, right? People. People thought that NXT was going to be NXT for a while, that third brand. And then all of a sudden, just kind of out of nowhere, they're like, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to completely revamp ourselves. I think if any TV show did that in the middle of a year or any program did that, it would it would take a while to to kind of get their their core audience back. Because I don't know who the core audience is for NXT right now. That's no. And it looks like it looks like. 550 600 is is what it is and and they're basically i'm not stealing any words here but this is even though a lot of these folks don't need to be really heavily developed because there's some really really good wrestlers in nxt long story short i really like nxt 2.0 i enjoyed nxt the black and gold um, I know a lot of people are starting to say, hey, this is an extension of Raw. This is just getting gimmicky. It is. But you know what? I like the players in NXT. I'm, 
I had no idea who or what what a, a Grayson Waller was. And just Braun Breaker two months Braun ago, Breaker, three months ago, right? What they're trying to do with Grayson Waller um, and just him attacking Johnny G and then this show on Tuesday night. Now, there were some things I hated on this show, and, and, I'll, and I'll mention them when you bring it up, but I like Grayson Waller. You know, Cameron Grimes, Duke Hudson was fun. I, I guess Cora Jade, I love. She uh, is. Cora Jade's a. Uh, uh, she's a star. Of, dude, she's a star, man. She's a and star. And she's got that, like, you you hit it, the AJ Lee in that. Oh, yeah. She, she doesn't seem like some supermodel that was become became a wrestler. She feels like a real person, the girl that you would like live, the would underdog. live next door to you. You yeah, know? The under, yeah. It, 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 look, Grimes Hudson. Um, I, I was hoping Hudson would win because I was starting to dig their little feud, but now that Grimes is what two and zero over Duke, it's probably the end of this. But him being bald headed, I'm just sorry, man. I just I marked out. I laughed. I I, I, I like NXT 2.0. I don't know why I went on this kind of long. No, no, I, I agree with you. It's just there I are just, things to not. It's not perfect. There are things no, to, to not. To like critique and we all we always do But I I enjoy I've, I've enjoyed every Episode I there Sometimes we say wow that was bad or But th- there's never a time where I'm like I want to turn this thing off or even though it's Different from the old NXT I like it it it, it Does a lot for me and There though it's because of The players too right like I mean Grimes I like I like Cora I like LA Knight. LA Knight is great. Like I, I you know, I want to see him and Waller in this this feud that they've got going. So I, I'm with you. I, I mean, great match to start with Grimes. We had uh Cora in the back. She cut a little promo there with Dakota Kai, which led to a, a match for them later on on the show. But Waller cutting his promo, thought this was really good. He took I a shot at Wade Barrett. Hey, this isn't 2010. I don't care what you think. I've got some <laughs> bad news for you, Wade. <laughs> and then Vic Joseph, what do you got? You just sit there. That's your best friend. I'm Vic like, was going to cry. Okay. I know. Yeah, I, I'm good. I'm. Th- I like this. I like this. Uh, I was. Uh, I was a big fan of that. That was. That was uh, Grayson Waller's best moments so far. We saw Malcolm Bivens cut a little promo on Braun uh, Breaker ahead of tonight. And now it's funny. Now the last week or two, I've felt like the diamond mind felt kind of they they were hot at the beginning. Then it was like, eh, and now the last this was a good, really good match. He's another one where it's like you forget about Roderick for sure. a few weeks because you don't see him wrestle, and then he gets back in the ring, and it's like, holy crap! Holy shit! This, holy this crap! Is like one of the best wrestlers in the world. One thing I did not like was I, I just I'm not getting into this Briggs. Jensen gimmick. I, I something no, I, I just, for the record. We're line dancing now. I cannot. I can't this do that. Is so cringy. They're at the I carnival. Just, <laughs> they're at the carnival, <laughs> and they're like, oh, I got. I mean, before Ooh. they left the full sale where they're standing in the parking lot, I I wasn't sure if they were, if it was a joke. He's like, we got our pickup trucks and we're going to a country show. I'm like, this is a joke, right? That's literally like, there's no way that they got that they said that that he said it like that. It's like, what? I got my, like, I got a barbecue stain on my t-shirt. She was <laughs> my skirt. I'm just laughing. This was 
this is really bad. I know I can like you see it and you can understand what they're trying to do because this is like, sure. There's a lot of people that love the country. Look where you are, Chad. I'm sure there's a lot of people around <laughs> that are getting in their truck and going to country shows. There's nothing there wrong. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> it's just so funny the way they're presenting it. Like it's just, I, no, thank you. <laughs> Brooks and Dunn Jensen over here. No, not for me. These two guys, man. Um, we, uh, we did see, okay. So lashing out came back and then uh jacket time was on there. <laughs> but these two guys and, uh, okay. So <laughs> there was one point, um, <laughs> Where were Wade? Did you catch Barrett's line later? Oh, I did. He said, "Jack it off time," and <laughs> I can't Vic, wait to jack it off time. And Vic was like, "What? Wait, what?" <laughs> it was that was just, dude. I was dying. That was so funny. That was so funny. And uh, so these two guys, I think you know, Kushida can do a lot more, and Kushida's great in the ring, but they are funny, like. Hero is this dude is going to be on the main roster soon. You know that Vince just cracks up at him. He's just it looks like they're pushing them now. Yeah, and they should be a because ta- they could be a fine tag team because Kushida could really go. Hero could really can go too. He's a total comedy guy and he loves the he loves the comedy shtick, but he can wrestle. Um, so we we saw that we saw them come back out in their. Uh, in their match a little bit later on but yeah they, that made me just really really that that popped me big time as uh jacket time got the win a little bit later on against the grizzled young vet so yeah the creed brothers came out or were kind of watching afterwards so jacket time uh grizzled young vets creed brothers msk they're all uh still going to be right in the mix for the uh for the tag titles we well, we got a Ivy Nile with a squash. I mean, she's yeah, she's g- cool and she's got a different look and a different vibe to her. That's why she could anyone that's different that has a way of being unique and standing out. I'm always for them, and uh, and and she's kind of got that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and that's what you do. You you let these people squash some people. We we saw it with what uh, I think Harlan got a squash yep. too, and then threw Brian Kendrick down. Some I didn't even know Brian Kendrick was still around. Me too. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Where did he come Brian from? Kendrick? The <laughs> Brian Kendrick? Yeah. I like squash matches when you're trying to get people over. You know, Absolutely. I do. That's what they're for. You, that's and especially on weekly TV. That's what weekly TV used to be. Just enhancement matches. It, it, until Nitro, you didn't ever see top star against top star on no. TV unless it was WWE's main event. Or w, like sure. Saturday night's main event, which Saturday was basically main event. like yeah. their pay-per-views. You know, they were like the in-betweens of pay-per-views. Other than that, if it was WWF superstars or even in the early years of Raw, I mean, I remember what a big deal it was when it was that perfect uh, flair match on Raw. Or oh, like yeah. Bret yeah. Hart would wrestle a match on Raw would just feel like a big deal because normally it was just, you know, a lot of squash stuff. And it's good. It's a good way to build people we had a little backstage segment, Zion Quinn, with uh, uh, Mackenzie asking all about what's going on with Electra and with Santos Escobar. And then Von Wagner interrupts. He mentions Kyle O'Reilly. And then he says, 
He will continue to smash And if you have a problem with that you can say it to his face So they're, they're building Wagner a little bit here And we'll probably uh, see a little more With these two we, uh, you mentioned the Harlan squash So Harlan gets the win over Guru Raj And then afterwards He throws Brian Kendrick down a flight of stairs As uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe Gacy's the only one who can stop him As uh, he, This is a safe space This is a safe space <laughs> Don't be afraid to be who you are Harlan As uh, <laughs> uh, Can't forget our MSK with Riddle The shaman they start Pulling all these things out of a bag Because Riddle's like okay bros These what? scooters In the bag. bag You bag got some stuff in the bag Bros and it, we keep thinking They're going to pull out a big a big bong Or like a big doobie or something right And they're peeling out Scissors and Glasses and batteries and headphones And then then there's a baseball bat. This is like one of those Austin Powers gimmicks You know Yeah it's like a scooter came out of there And I'm like wait a there, minute This is like a, the clown car Where like 75 of these clowns get out of the back seat It's like what the hell Um, So they finally end up pulling scooters out As Riddle said that they need to focus on And clear their minds And that's how they'll win the titles back And uh, you know what these kind of popped me a little bit. They were funny. I I almost wonder if these guys might have been banged up a bit or something to where they had a or, or maybe they just even wanted to just flesh out their characters a little bit and said, "Hey, you were guys that were from the old NXT kind of. You were sort of new there. We don't, we don't we want you to be in this NXT 2.0. Let's sort of reintroduce everybody to you because I mean, Coop honestly, when these guys came in, they came in, they won the Dusty Cup And they won the tag team titles We didn't really know anything about them Other than young, really good Like high-flying wrestlers Um, Man, they can't they, You know, the Dusty Cup They were so good, and they're really good in the ring I just don't I hope this doesn't We don't completely Forget about how good in the ring with They are with this little comedy stick, we knew that they weren't the best on the mic uh, with promos. Maybe that's why they're kind of hanging out with Riddle to get some with personality, because we know the WWE is not all about having five star matches. Yeah, that, five, that that is not their mo. We know those guys can work. I just hope we don't forget that they can work and they're just being turned in turned into like gags a little bit. you know 100%. I want to see them back in the ring I want to see them back in the ring here pretty soon it's there's there's got to be that perfect balance you know hell you put them to, in the ring with RK bro man let's do would, it oh that would be great that would be a <laughs> lot of match. fun and uh, they're learning they're getting better but you can you can it's, it's like you said you can see they won't. They're like, hey, we need you guys to cut better promos. We need you guys to have a little more personality if you want to be, you know, make it to the next level. So, they're. It's kind of like what we've seen with Ricochet sometimes too, you know, where it's like Ricochet will do these things or have to cut these promos, and you can see they're forcing it. It's like if you let these guys go out there week in and week out and wrestle for fifteen minutes, then it'll sort of come naturally, you know, like they'll just they'll have. Things that'll they'll have some purpose to talk about, or you'll there'll be a character that's created. Completely agree with you. I like seeing a wrinkle for MSK as long as we're back in the ring soon and focusing in on you know how these guys are one of the best tag teams in the world. 
No yeah, they doubt are. about it. They are. They are. No, doubt. no doubt. Cora Jade. Big win. Dakota Kai. She gets the roll up here and she celebrates, but Kai comes and takes her out afterwards and she goes to, to use the shovel, but then Raquel comes out for the save. And then the NXT women's tag team champions, Gigi and JC, come out. Mandy's out. So uh, it's a, a, a smorgasbord and a hodgepodge after this match. But. <laughs> But we're starting to go in separate directions now Where it looks like Raquel and Dakota Are going to have their blow-off coming soon It street looks fight like next week yeah. Street fight And then Cora should be the next contender for Mandy And and then with the There are a couple, I think, different women's tag team championship contenders That are out there But you feel like, you know, Raquel, Dakota EO in particular, it doesn't feel like they've got a lot more to do around here. No, EO is what in these segments backstage, um, you know, Raquel and Dakota, this feud, I, I, I've, I really am a massive Dakota Kai fan. And I thought her turning on Raquel uh, would be good. I uh, don't think Raquel was the best of NXT women's champion. I, I, I know she, Champion, I know she didn't have a lot there for a while, and they kind of put them in that tag team. Was it the Dusty Cup that they put them in the women's? Yes, yeah, right after she beat EO, they just didn't really have right much for so, her. Right, so this feud hasn't been what we wanted it to be. What we wanted it to be, and we get the street fight next Tuesday night. One or both of these women go up? What do you think? They I, should I think both. Dakota Kai is a star. She needs to be up. Absolutely. Raquel, uh, she's young, talented. I, I, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think there's anything left for her to do. Ne- neither is EO. But with, I, I don't know. Again, you bring them up. Uh, don't turn them into a, what's happened to Rhea Ripley, for God's sake. No. You know? And they, where do you they... bring them? Where, where do they go? Yeah, I think what's nice about the two, like, so I guess all three of them is they're all pretty different and unique, right? Like Raquel has got size. She's someone who looks different than a lot of the women. Now you got rid of, you know, like Nia's not around anymore. Um, you don't see Tamina all that much. You've really just got like Dewdrop when you're talking about like, you know, big imposing women in the right. division. So Raquel could be a really nice slot anywhere because she could be the big, you know, um, overwhelming, uh, you know, uh, really tough, tough, imposing woman. Then you've got EO, who I mean, you could put her anywhere. EO would just be incredible. Like EO Charlotte, EO Becky. What, EO. what, 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 what has to happen when you bring one of these girls up? They have to make a first impression. Like, they Raquel have to, has to interfere, interfere with Becky and Liv. Yes. Or just destroy Becky or destroy Absolutely. Liv. You have to do something like that. Just putting them in a backstage vignette, kind That's, of standing there. There you go. That's it. Does you have? She's got to be Becky. Raquel's got to yes. show up and be the Becky. She's got to be like what what they have with Hater with with uh with Britt. Yes. Right. Yes. Raquel has got to do that for Becky. She's the muscle for Becky, and that's the way you get people to boo Becky a little bit too, because. Yes. Yeah. You have somebody helping her cheat throughout, and that's that's a good spot for Raquel. She plays Diesel to Shawn Michaels. Yes, you know, and then eventually you can have her turn on Becky. That's great. 
Io, I mean, she just comes in in the Rumble and makes a run and like is one of the final four and is doing just high flying crazy stuff all over the place. And she instantly will get over with just the work that she's doing. And then Dakota, you could put Dakota anywhere. She's so talented. I think people just take her for granted. She could be a great baby face, a great heel, which she's done recently. She's good in the ring. She remember the stuff with Shayna a few years ago. That was really good. That she was doing where she was kind of like, she had that goth moment where she kind of like died with black and she, she's got like range. So I'd love to see all three of these women come up, especially with what we've seen more recently, Chad with, Hey, we've got a dewdrop Bianca feud going. That's not in the title picture. If they're going to be right. able to sustain these multiple feuds for these women, then sure. Bring them up. It's just, we don't want them to come up. And then where, where are they? Like, it's nice to see Tony and live right now uh, out there. And heck, Rhea's not doing much, but at least she's on TV. Um, she needs a tweak too. They're just think about with Rhea, with Raquel, with you bring her up with EO, with I mean, Oscar's uh, got to be coming back pretty soon. We'd imagine. I I I bet she's probably one that they're saving for the Rumble. You know, if she's healthy, oh, yeah. the yeah. debut to like re-debut there. This women's division could very quickly just. I mean, and. Not to bring everything back to WWE versus AEW or anything, but just compare like how quickly this women's division, you could have three or four women that are like probably better than anyone but Brit over on the other side, you know, and they're not even sure. around on TV right now. So sure. um, kind of a good problem to have if uh, if you've got all this talent uh, like Tony D'Angelo, <laughs> Tony D, he comes out. And he's still carrying Pete Dunn's mouthpiece, and uh, he's got it in a little uh, little container. And then Tony D says uh, he beats he beats Chase in this match. Andre after- Chase has become the Brooklyn Brawler of NXT. I stole that from someone, <laughs> and I and I love and he's he's like a lovable loser, right? I love this dude. I gotta Me get too. that sweater. All right, that's I, an ugly Christmas sweater. It baby. is. Chase you, baby. <laughs> he is so funny and just Brooklyn Brawler is a good one. I'm trying to like he's a he reminds me of of the Miz a little too, you know, sure, just like the sure. the way his character is because this guy could lose every single match, but you still come out there and you want to see him get beat up again, you know, just cuz he's so annoying and he's funny and he's kind of comical. Um so shout out to Chase. He's doing he's doing some good stuff there. As uh after the match, Tony D says he said he'd smack Pete Dunn in the mouth and he did. And then Dunn comes out. And um <laughs> these two guys were made me laugh because I actually like Pete Dunn. I like Pete Dunn when he's interacting with other people because he's so like short and to the point, you know? He's just like you do a lot of smack talking for a geezer with no track record. Let's see if you hold <laughs> that same energy when I come out in the ring and get in your face. And D'Angelo, uh, Tony D says that Pete's got a, a face that only a mother could love. <laughs> it, it went a little back and forth. There was a moment or two where I think Tony kind of flubbed or like, you know, he was, yeah. he wasn't exactly sure. It wasn't like it was a bad mess up or anything. He was just sort no, of, he like, just wasn't sharp. He yeah. wasn't a sharp. Yeah, towards the end, I think he wasn't sure if it was like, am I supposed to leave the ring yet? Or that right. I think that's what it was. He was kind of like, he was he was getting ready to do his fake out, 
while he was talking and it was like the walking and the talking at the same time were almost a little too much which happens a lot when you're on live tv and you're you're like you're thinking about this happens in acting a, a ton cuz you you're so worried about the blocking which is what they call like the you know the movement that you have on stage yeah. or in the yeah. ring so you're blo- you're worried about your blocking that you forget like your line you're and like what's you're so, so strange yeah. what's strange gino is man i i I mean, P. Dunn is is a veteran now of NXT, and you know there it's it, it's Tony D. and P. Dunn next when uh, next Tuesday night on NXT. Uh, you know, there's not going to be a lot of happy campers if Tony D. goes over. There's no way Pete Dunn loses this match, right? We love Tony D., but there's no way Pete Dunn loses, does he? I I think this will be like a I think it's either a cheap Tony D. win. Or it's a schmoz that leads us to, um, an, like there will be a like a no DQ match, or okay. it's not no DQ next week, right? They just said it's a no, match. It's just, a, just, a, just just a match. Yeah, so I think this will end up leading to a bigger stipulation match down the line. I don't think this will be the, you know, the end all be all because to be honest, you don't want it, it's. This is another one of those weird ones where they were kind of they did this at the beginning where they put Joe Gacy in that match against Champa, and it's like. Well, Joe Gacy probably shouldn't lose right now, you know. Like I don't think either of these guys. No, that should, was brutal. Should probably be losing because Tony D is one of the newer guys who's actually been stacking up some wins, and you know you you probably want to keep him pretty strong. But then of of the guys that are still left, Pete Dunn is literally the top of the card. I mean, he is like of the it's him and Champa of the guys that are still around, and you'd have to think that like if Braun. When Breaker beats Champa, a, a Pete Dunn match would be another great match for Braun. Like it would be good for Braun yes. to have to go through some of the old NXT guys, right? Like right yes. away when he wins and say, "Look, I want you now, Pete Dunn. You've been around here before. I, I want to take you out." Um, so I could see, I could see them wanting to keep Pete strong for that. You know, um, that that's you're right. That's I don't like when they put they kind of book themselves into a corner sometimes. So. I'm curious because I don't want one of these guys with just a clean loss here. Tony should still look pretty strong, but so should Pete. And uh, we'll f- we'll have that match next week. We got a uh, boa with a, uh, a squash here over uh, Edris Enofe, uh, and uh, let's see where else do we go. <laughs> then we got the Jacket Time versus a uh, grizzled young veterans match, which Jacket Time gets the win, and the street fight is announced for next week. Cora Jade re-injured her shoulder. Her status is day to day. And LA Does she win Knight, the title? Does absolutely. She win the title? Absolutely. I give it to her now. I think right away. I think you do it right away. Because Mandy wasn't, at least in my opinion, I don't think Mandy was sent down to NXT to be like the face of NXT moving forward. I think Mandy was sent down to NXT to just figure out one or two small things to to complete that package. You know? She felt like someone they always loved from the beginning, but that maybe for some reason they didn't think that her character was completely fleshed out or that she needed to work on stuff in the ring. But it feels like the the few things that they've done with Mandy, like this is the best version of Mandy that we've ever seen. 100%. 100%. And I don't think she needs to stay in NXT any longer. Whereas Cora, she's super young. She could have a nice run for six months as the NXT women's champ. And, you know... And have to deal with some 
evil heels along the way or whoever you want to stack up against her. But yeah, give me uh give me Cora winning this thing right off the bat. And uh we finished up with the cruiserweight, yeah, the cruiserweight match, uh Roderick versus Braun, which really good. Man, so good. Braun gets the win. This guy is Tommaso like, a heel? Is Tommaso a heel? I know it, it's so funny because Braun the like Braun was the heel in in the war games. You know, like the 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 new NXT were sort of the heels in war games, but now Braun doesn't want to deal with Grayson Waller anymore, so he's kind of a baby face, you know, and now Choppa with the attacks after the match, he was acting like a heel. It's like we've got a <laughs> There's a lot going on. We've had a we've had a lot of flipping. Where's the big show when we need him, right? Baby face <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> that's another one that that's another one that needs to win the title now. Right now. Two new champs. Two new champ. Absolutely. Braun and Cora moving forward as we move forward on over to AEW Wednesday night. Winter came. And okay, so <laughs> a couple different things about this show. First and foremost. Unbelievable match Absolutely incredible Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page Go for one hour On live TV They So if if you're just talking about Like matches that we've seen On television in the last decade This is like Top 5 Any any short list that you want to make Top 5, top 10, whatever This is fantastic These two guys They went for an hour and it wasn't a lot of slow dead periods like Iron Man matches have or two out of three falls matches have. There weren't, I don't have any problems with the in ring work really at all, Chad. Like, not like not about what Hangman did, what Danielson did at all. My problem, my issues, I don't even know if they're problems, but like my complaints are just always with the, the presentation. The production, that kind of thing Um, So At home We're not getting these updates The time updates No, Throughout the match Like we don't know I don't know if it's that they didn't mic up Justin Roberts Or what it is But we're not getting and We don't know how long this match is going There's no clock for us when we're watching And so I mean even when it gets to like Okay, we know they're they're going about 40 minutes now 45 minutes We're not getting the 15 minutes You know, 45 minutes or 15 minutes left Or there are 10 minutes left in this match or five. We're not getting those updates Which I think you sort of need to get If you're going to be doing a time limit draw match Or if that's going to be part of the story If you're going to be playing into that So that that's one thing um, Two, it sucks when you have a match this good that long And you have to have five commercials in it <laughs> um, no, like just honestly, th- this is one of the things that's frustrating with WWF and w- WWE when they do it on you know 30, 45 minute matches sometimes on TV because it's like, oh, it just got good, and now we're gonna have a three minute break, you know, as these guys go to commercial. So that that was another sort of problem I had with it. And I guess my other problem is Hangman Page just won your title. This was this culmination of this guy who was really. Your first built star, right? Let me let's because he's the first of their homegrown guys that won the title. Kenny Omega was a star before AEW. Chris Jericho and Moxley they were stars before AEW, but Hangman Page was not. He was not on the level of everybody else. 
this is a guy that you have made a big star in your company. Crowd loves him, and you have this big long story for him to finally win it all, and he and he does. And and, and it's not even that like I mean Brian Danielson is maybe the best wrestler in the world right now, and probably is. I just. That's why I would have liked Miro to be in this spot first. When you have a new champ, I always want them to stack a couple of wins right off the bat. So not one critique of mine is about what they did in ring. Both of these guys were fantastic. The fact that they went for an hour, that pace is incredible. You pointed out to me, wouldn't it have been better if they just had this thing go 59-45 and had Paige win with the buckshot right there at the end? Well, we... You called it, okay, you called it, so kudos to you. You called the draw, the time limit draw. Haven't we already seen Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega in a title match go to a damn time limit draw? Yes, yeah. I looked it up. So that that's that's befuddles me. I just think if this is your first title defense, and yeah, they don't have pay-per-views like WWE, so I'm okay with putting it on TV. Me too. Okay. Me too. Especially if you're gonna build it up. And last the year match TV, was last year on yes. TV. This is when Moxley lost the title. Right. So we they built it. This is an event that we thought maybe a title change could have happened, or it, it's a big deal. Sure. Um. But yeah, go ahead. Talk, give us more I, I of your positive they, and negative. I, I just think I just think he's been given a raw deal. It's took him. You know, it's just, it's frustrating to me. I, I'm not crapping on the match. The match is what it is. It'll go down as one of the best. I'll tell you this. I know the ratings of the show because I just peaked, and they didn't hit a million. And their key demo was lowest it's been since May. You're 18 to, to, to 46. So I just, you you called it. If the, If this match starts the show, we're getting a time limit draw. It started the show. We got a time limit draw. I, I, hey, look, it just makes it look like your champion is not good enough. And this is the guy they built up for chasing the title for as long as this company has been open, right? Paige is the guy. Everybody wanted him to be the first champion. I understand why they gave it to Jericho. It was probably a great call. I uh, got a ton of buzz. I, I just... The hand, it, it's with AEW. It's always been one of our biggest complaints, Gino, about AEW has been the um, the way some of the things have been handled, uh, the execution of shows and matches. And again, I, I look fantastic. It was buzzing. It was number one on Twitter, but it it, it didn't draw nine hundred and fifty thousand people. When you, you know? when and when you were building up. This with the title match You know they were promoting this And that is Yeah it's a bummer And Chino um, I love wrestling I love a great five star match But I think we've both Been saying this for a while Now If People are just maybe trained to see it WWE style Five star matches do not Equal ratings yeah they're great for Indie shows if you go to a show and you see a match, oh, that, you know, is that important to you? Are there wrestling fans? I, I, I would like to have a show where we discuss the importance and the pros and cons of five-star matches. Yeah. And I'm not talking matches with botches. 
But look, it was great for AEW, and it drew better than it did last week. But you're not getting a million. You had Hangman. You had Brian. You had Punk there last night. I, I just, this is where we're at with wrestling, and this is what you're going to get. And I just think if you really wanted Hangman Page to be a star, he pins Brian Danielson with I one agree. second left uh, on the clock. I think so, too. I think because now, like you said, it's not. Where do you go? It's not like it's not that? a sh- it's not like a shame because it's not. Oh, it's not a shame that you couldn't put away Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. Absolutely but it's not. just and and so if this would have been the third match for Paige, I would have been totally fine with it. No joke. To- if we would have already seen him have two title defenses, one of them was against Miro. One of them was against, I don't know, Andrade. You know, right? Just anybody that's not even that big. But just, hey, Hangman won, a, like, defended his title a couple times, and now here comes Brian Danielson. And then they have this this draw, and now it's like, okay, now we want to see this again moving forward. The problem is now you got to come back to this, right? Like, right, you can't, right. And then, and then what happened? So now, now what are you, they're going to go 75 minutes or they're going to go, are they going to go longer than an hour or is it, I, I just don't know, like everybody out of this match is impressed by these two guys in ring, but I don't know who before this match wasn't impressed by these two guys in ring. Man, I'll tell you, Gino, I looked at the responses of these tweets, because I tell you, I do it every week. I like to feel the pulse of the people. Gino. They were pissed. They were pissed. They people, were pissed. And this was one of the they first times that I've seen AEW fans getting mad and saying, yeah, "They were pissed." Hey, look, you did this already. We should. You, you, why did you do this? It was predictable. Bad way to end it. Now, what do we do moving forward? And though that was my gripe, it wasn't. I'm fine with an hour long. I'm fine with the Broadway. I'm fine with the time limit draw. I am fine with that. I just didn't like the way it was executed. Somebody said that it, re- and I think it was on Wrestling Inc. It was uh, Alfred or one of them. It reminded me a little bit of, and it wasn't. Let me say this: this wasn't bad, and the, the ending wasn't nearly as bad. But it sort of reminded me of the barbed wire thing, in that the 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 match was was pretty good through a lot of it, but then the end, it, it just they don't. Always do a great job of ending This is something that Marvel movies and MCU movies do You know the action is great 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 And then they have a hard time like ending it Because one thing we've worried about Is uh, Vince Will tell you This is how it's going to go For good or bad Vince makes the calls You wonder and you worry sometimes about Tony being like a buddy with everyone You know and Um Trying to spread it around a little bit Hey you get on TV this week and then they get on TV next week And then you get on TV the week after Which is sometimes good but Sometimes it's not Sometimes there needs to be a tier of people That are your top tier And they have to be on all the time And those people you know are the ones That you have to really really Focus in on And we'll see We'll see if uh, if Paige is going to be Kind of in that same problem that a lot of babyface champions has have have had is you win and the and title. Where do you, where do you, and where do you go from here? Like you say, we have to revisit it. Where do you go from here? And then after the match, I mean, you have an adrenaline dump, for lack of better words, for sixty minutes. Yeah. And, and now you have half a show left, and then you have a crowd that's got to stick around and watch three or four other matches. And it's just, like a weird. Know, 
right? There's like it's anxiety for the crowd right after because they were sort of they weren't pissed, but they were like it was buzzkill. It was it was dude, it, it was, was a, a sex tease, man, right? Yeah. It was like let's be honest, they got all worked up and they couldn't blow the load right there, Jack. It's like that's Damn it, Gino! That's this what is a PG show. I know. I was gonna. I'm gonna have to put the. Uh, I'm gonna have to put the disclaimer on before before we start. <laughs> we start. There was a few a few weeks ago where I actually just mentioned it. Um, I was doing the the uh, one of my um segments, the football segment with Eric, who comes on here, and I, I think it was at the very end of the Breeders' Cup week, so I was super tired. And we were we just let a few f bombs start flying, and then they were just <laughs> it was like one of those things where they just kept flying. And I was afterwards, I was like, I don't mind the cussing, but I would prefer to not because then I never know if people are listening with their kids and stuff, you know. So I'm always like, I'd rather be afterwards. I was like, I'm sorry, guys, we got a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> we're we're getting we're getting R rated this week in wrestling. As uh, then after that hour, got a lot of stuff they're trying to squeeze in. We had the Little backstage promo with the Young Bucks Adam Cole and Bobby Fish They're going to have an 8-man next week Which, with the best friends um, I think that's Friday think Oh, that's Friday. Friday, yeah, that's on that's on, Yeah, that's yeah. on Rampage, you're right you're, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they're going to have a, a, uh, a, a And they, they have a surprise coming next week That's what they said So, oh Wardlow got a squash over Seidel But we're getting the The Wardlow Turn on MJF a little bit more here uh, The crowd wanted Wardlow To keep nailing power bombs Spears gets on the microphone and tells him To just pin and then he gets on the phone And he says that uh, Oh it's for you MJF Wants uh, Wardlow to go get some champagne For after the match tonight so <laughs> MJF just being a dick As Poor always Sean Spears, man. Right? Sean Spears This was a guy that comes over He was NXT right Okay. Say whatever they want about, you know, when he moved up to the end and the main roster, I agree. He didn't have much of a run up there and he didn't. But Ty Dillinger, right? The perfect 10. The perfect 10, that 10 gimmick was over as hell in NXT. It was. And he was getting a lot more TV time and was a lot bigger deal there then than he is now. Now, that wasn't the case when he got pulled up to the main roster. He wasn't on TV nearly as much, but. These are the kind of guys that I'm talking about, Chad. Like someone yeah. who leaves WWE because people say, "Hey, look, they they're talented and they're not getting their fair shake, and they can be there can be more with them." But they come over this to guy is managing now. And it's like, where? What do you mean? I mean, what? What? what he's not getting that in AEW either, which no. I think a lot of people promised him, you know, and or I don't know if it was promised or what he kind of assumed or thought he would be. Man, he was in a match with Cody. He was the chairman, right? Right off the bat, and since then, like, we don't see this guy wrestle at all. Anything, most of the stuff that he does is on dark and elevation. So, you know, you have to look at some of these people and say, do I would I want to go over and be Sean Spears? And yeah, maybe I get to be doing a little bit more of like creating a character that I love, or you know, having some more artistic freedom. But I'm not on TV. Is that like you, you know you, you start weighing those things what's really important to you uh and, and just having to manage now and he got stuck into a group the pinnacle right and just really it just it's been a bust it's it, that's been a bust and uh I, I don't know how old sean spears is uh his old lady is one half of the tag team champions on impact um 
it's just no offense to Wardlow, but Sean Spears shouldn't be sitting there watching Wardlow. And this Wardlow, I don't know what split happens first, Wardlow, MJF, or Omos AJ. I don't know. We, yeah, we need it. We need it soon. And um, I think like Wardlow needs it because he's just kind of, yeah. he might be able to be, he could be somebody in a year or two that would see WWE interested in. Yes. Yes. With, with a little bit of size and some, when someone that they feel like, you know, we could give a, give a push to. So uh, Wardlow, they continue along with him. We got Malachi Black inside a home with uh, <laughs> talking about the lessons around the house. And then uh, now you're so much more than a king. A lot of people say that this is going to be leading to Brody King coming in, someone that Malachi Black has tagged with and has had a um, uh, past with. Um, now, th- here's another one where I feel like Malachi Black is probably very happy with what he's doing, with the work he gets to do. If this is probably all stuff that he wants right now, but one. Wow, he doesn't feel nearly as hot as he felt a couple months ago, right? Man, remember he was the first guy that showed up before Punk and Danielson and, and all them came in, and he was like, "Wow, he came out, he looked badass, he it was like crushing Cody, and and then since then it's been really like he's been just in this one feud all throughout, and now he shows up again and he's interrupting guys that are." Feeling like they're way below him on the card With uh, the Garrison and, and the Pillman Jr. thing He spits the mist him out in Julia So I, he, it looks like they might be building this House of Black So I think I don't mind It's not like I hate this I don't think it's bad I don't And I think he likes doing it But I mean he's. It's not like he's getting pushed to the moon This is exactly he was in a better spot, honestly, when he's doing the stuff with his eye with Mysterios yes. and Rollins and yeah. stuff. He was yeah. in he was on TV more, even in his worst moments of, of how he was treated on, on WWE. Again, what, in NXT, this was the guy. I mean, this guy was they, the man in NXT. What, what they did with him and automatically bring the, they they did the shock, which is fine. I was just talking about that with these NXT girls coming up and doing shock and jump uh and jump Charlotte or jump Becky, make a name for yourselves. And what they did with Malachi Black, you jump Cody Rhodes, is that where do you go from here? And now, I mean, this guy going to be in a, a feud with the Varsity Blondes, with Julia Hart? I, I, it just feels like he's probably going to join him. Like, I think they might be doing some gimmick where he's like brainwashing people or like maybe yes. the mix. Yeah, mist yeah. is you, you blow the mist and then you get a fall and that's they're like your sure. follower. There's some sure. there's some weird like opium in there or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm with a lot of them. I'm happy if this is what he wants to do, right? If he, this is the creative that he wants to be doing, but some of them you can't tell me that this is a better spot than than being no, where it was no, no, before. Um. Serena Deeb and Sheeta. These two girls have chemistry. They do. Um, th- this match is fine between the two of them. They they went at it. I mean, Deeb is really good. She's a veteran. She's been around for a long time. She's honestly, if I were like stacking the women in, in their division, she would be right up towards the top with just she's just a good veteran. She can play different characters, she can play different roles. She's been around the business for a while. Sheeta ends up getting the win, which I thought was. Sort of interesting because I believe I was reading that 
reports have come out that Sheeta is leaving in February. I think she's going back to Japan, or if she, I think she's from Japan. So I think that's where she's headed back to. That that's uh, yeah. And I also read uh, that FTR said one of their big goals were to uh, New Japan uh, win win tag team titles over there. Um, I don't know if I was talking to you or talking to someone else about this. These there's a lot of contracts that are coming up. You know, um, it's interesting to you know it's like where have the Good Brothers been, right? I, I mean. There's just so many people and so little time. I, you know, I would like Serena Deeb and CM Punk to reunite, huh? Let's do this. Let let's let's let. So Serena great, right? We got to. He, he joked about it uh, when he was sitting on commentary that time, right? He said, "What a head of it hair would go on over. her." It would pop. It would. It would people pop. would love it. They it would, would love pop. it. It was a good match. I, I, I think um, it was the third or fourth time though these two have worked. It probably. Wasn't as good as the first couple. It's just what happens when you when people work each other multiple times. But there was no Britt Baker. You know, there was just this is this. You know, we did get a promo with with what uh, Tay Conti and Penelope Ford are having some kind of match on Rampage. So we we got that women's promotion. I, I, I don't know. It's just nothing wrong with the match. I just. This is AEW women's division. This is what you get. Probably one match a week. And uh, I, I was just curious where, where Britt Baker was. Nowhere. That's where. And that's another thing where you got to do, like you were saying with Hook, there was just a small, like, little. Embrace I, it. Like, Britt and Hook, like, this is a show that you, hey, you know, like we said, it didn't hit a million, but it still had a, a few more eyeballs on it than the last, sure. some of the last week's. You you were hoping that this was going to be a show that would have a couple extra people watching because of the way you were presenting it. Get your women, get your women's champ out there. She's one of the biggest stars in your company. Get her out there for just one of those little backstage promos to let to let us know what's going on next and moving forward. Um, we got a little Eddie Kingston saying that he's teaming with Penta, Phoenix, Santana, and Ortiz, and he doesn't care. He's another one, man. Three, a month ago, we were like, is he going to win the title? Remember, we were like, you know, and he's so he seems like he's the only serious guy cutting. Uh, he's the only guy cutting serious promos right now in AEW. Is that just me? Or I kind of goofy. Everybody's kind of really. Yeah. You know, the Bucks are goofy. Coles are goofy. goofy. I mean, I mean, you know, kind of being goofy, goofy with each other. You know, like, see, I, you're right. There's not a know, lot. Man. Yeah, you're right. There is. He's he's one of the the few who's given you the real, and he just seems like he got kind of shoved down the back. And, and he you're was putting really him hard. with another team. You're putting him in another. You know, you're teaming him up again with people. So we ended up know. getting the main event: MJF versus Dante Martin in the Dynamite Diamond Ring match. MJF wins for the third consecutive year. Now, Martin is incredibly athletic. He's in that. Uh, Leo Rush, Ricochet, um, you know, guys that can do some insane stuff. He's still young though, and he's a little green. There were some clips of a couple spots that were, they were just kind of like mistimed, you know, because M- it's that's the thing. MJF is young too. These are two guys yes. that we we've seen MJF a lot, and we've seen him wrestle a lot, and we think of him as someone who's been around. But these are two guys that are 
pretty young and pretty green still. So you just got to be careful with matches like this when you're trying to do crazy spots that safety always has to come first, man. We don't want Yeah, there there was some interesting spots that they were both trying to do a little too much and it just did not look good on TV. You know, and and I feel for that because I really like MJF and I know they're hyping and Dante Martin's got tons of talent, but you have to be careful. I, I just I'm surprised someone hasn't really seen that one move I sent you from another angle with with Martin off the top rope was almost disaster. It was I mean, it, it was, literally was almost disaster. And again, you get more moving parts. The match is just not enough with AEW. That's what frustrates me. It's not enough. You have all these moving parts. You have Ricky Starks, right? Then FTR comes out to celebrate. I didn't know the pinnacle was still a damn thing. Seriously. I didn't. I didn't either. We haven't seen him. I did not. And then uh, the the lights go out, which when the lights go out, isn't that like Alistair Black's thing? And then I was ready for something. Me too. I think when the lights went out, I was first thinking, this is weird because that's like a Malachi Black thing. And then I'm thinking, okay, this has got to be Wyndham. This has got to be Bray Wyatt, what I was assuming. No, it was Darby and Sting, which is fine. Um, and they, no, I would like I told you, I would have loved to have seen the Briscoes come out. Because that, they were because, just having this massive pop feud and, with Tony after Ring of Honor. This, I, you know, And people would have known who the Briscoes are. That's the yes, thing. They are yes. one of the groups of people that have been in... American wrestling for the last twenty what twenty years? 20 15, years, 20 man. years. And so everybody knows who those you see them, they've got to look. What what is it is that the uh the uh, uh, what, what do they call their <laughs> the redneck kung fu? Oh, that was it, was that what it is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those guys are great. They're really funny and they, and they do a great they you know, they do a great great work. They they were a Ring of Honor guys that just didn't want to leave. I think they got offers from other places uh, plenty of times, but they um they wanted to stay. You're right. That would have been great. And Tony Khan bless him because he gives us this other company that we have to watch and, and entertain. And the guy genuinely loves wrestling and he wants this to be the greatest company. But when he does these like hype, I've got this huge announcement that's going to change the face. He said that again, that he had this announcement and it was Sting's wrestling in the old arena that he used to wrestle in. And it's like, what? We like, didn't even see Sting and Darby last week. That's why I thought, okay, you just, again, you have these moving parts. The match is not good enough, right? And then what Punk finishes the show? Doesn't he come out with a he comes out baseball bat? Bat is that right? With his baseball bat, and he says, "Hey, you don't want to wrestle me one on one. You bring your friends. I'll bring my my friends. That's the match. Deal with it." So, so again, this is it's cool. Punk, Sting, MJF, Darby, all these guys in the ring together should be fun. Should be fine. I I just don't I don't like where they are like you said they they've got the the battle of the belts coming up and then there's something in in March I'm there's almost a, certain it's March yeah there's not a lot of big shows to build to and we need a punk MJF one-on-one match some point soon yes yeah the, maybe like we mania need, weekend I, you know or the week before mania or whatever it is yeah, I just I, I don't know when you do that. The problem is, look, like I said, you don't have a lot of pay-per-views and that's fine. 
and you have to put some of these matches on TV. It's just the way they build some of this stuff. I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's good. It's funny. It's a lot of the stuff they do. It naturally gets good, and then they try to kind of do a little too much, and it convolutes it. Yes. You know. Yes. It's like yes. the ring work, or or where it starts to go is good, and then all of a sudden there's five people out at the end, and we're like trying to keep score. Who's on which side? Like, why are they there? Who are they there for? <laughs> What's going on? Um, nonetheless, we did get a match that we will probably all remember for a long time. That hour-long match we saw on TV between between Brian Danielson and uh, and Hangman Page, and we'll see what Hangman can do moving forward in his run. Koopa Loop, my man. We uh, we had a couple shorter episodes the last few weeks, but we went nice and long uh, this week, and we're able to get uh, everything discussed in the world of uh, WWE, NXT, and AEW. So we've got. I don't know if you've taken a look yet. We got the Bulls uh, starting oh, yeah. on yeah. Friday with uh, um, a bunch. There's a, a lot of games coming up this weekend. Uh, anything on your mind uh, to discuss for a, a game or two to look at? Man, you know, I, I've made a lot of money this year on the Mac. Conference and little action, little action, Mac action, little action. Uh, one of the ones I really like the Lending Tree Bowl. You have Eastern Michigan and Liberty. Liberty's a pretty decent favorite here. I think the last time I looked, they were they were giving nine and a half points. They have probably the better quarterback and the better offense. Liberty started hot. I, I think they struggled though late in the season, one and five against the spread to finish it out, but. The MAC, even though they're 0-5 in this bowl, the last five times a MAC team has played in the Lending Tree Bowl, MAC teams seem to cover the spread, especially Eastern Michigan, man. Um, I, I think I, I read a, a trend where MAC bowl dogs in the last three years are 4-1-1. One, one. I think Eastern Michigan under this coach, Creighton, they're 30 and nine as a dog. And under the last three or four years, Eastern Michigan has been to a bowl. They haven't won the game, but they've lost all three or four bowl games by a combined 10 points. I'm going to go Eastern Michigan here. And one more, the, the, that's what G that it's the, that's what G said podcast bowl out in Inglewood, California. Oh, it is in the wood. We're out in the it's wood in over the wood, here, man. It's, it's in the wood. It's it's a, that's what G said. Podcast Bowl uh, out in Los Angeles. Um, you have the Mountain West champion Utah State and Oregon State. Number one, uh, one trend I saw: Mountain West teams the last uh, the last seven years as a bowl dog, they're seven and zero against the spread. I love that. And uh, hey, man. Utah State, they got a common opponent with Oregon State, Washington State. Utah State beat them. Uh, Oregon State did not. I'm not a big fan of people say, oh, you know, you know, how pumped up are these teams going to be? Look, if you're not pumped up to get to a bowl game at this day and age, I don't care. But I, I want the points. I'm going to take Eastern Michigan in the points, and I'm going to take U- Utah State, who won the Mountain West Conference, be a, you know, just dominated a pretty uh, solid San Diego State team in the championship. I'm going to take th- the, those two teams this weekend as dogs. In a few years, it's going to be the 
This Week in Wrestling Bowl. <laughs> this Week in Wrestling with the Chad Cooper Bowl. Woo! Presented by, that's why <laughs> we love it. Loop. Thank you so much, buddy. And a it, happy holidays. You have a great weekend. Look forward to talking to you again next week. We'll see you next week, Gino. Make sure to give Chad a follow at the Chad Cooper. Go check him out on uh, Twitter and on Instagram there. You can follow along everything going on with Chad. But don't go anywhere, folks. We saw plenty more on this episode of That's What She Said. Koopa Loop. Good luck to Coop with his plays. And a uh, big thank you to everyone for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said podcast. Thank you to Eric for helping us out. And Koopa Loop for helping us with wrestling. Hopefully we led you to a few winners throughout the uh, the weekend, Friday and Saturday racing. And happy holidays. We'll have a little uh, like Christmas edition early next week. And uh, and then, dang, it's crazy to think about. Next weekend is, uh, is Christmas, so we are not far away. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for making That's What G Said part of your, uh, your weekly podcast experience. We're always going to do our best for you, giving you uh, up-to-date information and trying to keep you informed, entertained, and have some fun. Good luck this weekend.